Is it some devil that crawls inside of you? and i had to redo it because of the entire side of my mic gone boom cut out fucking ruined and you so, had no idea through the whole no idea and then i <laughs> got the audio file back and i was like oh shit god that's so frustrating it reminds me of times where like you're trying to make you're like super into making a cool video for social media or something and and then you you go and edit it and you try to put forth all the all the thought and effort into making this this video for the Instagram post or whatever, and then you accidentally click out of it or something. Yeah, and it you doesn't clip say, it. Oh, and it just, yeah. dude, I'm so clueless when it comes to editing or making videos. Like, I'm really, like, stupid when it comes to tech. Yeah, and I same. get frustrated. I can't sit there. No, I can't sit so there hard. and do it. I get so frustrated. I got to ask Taylor to help me every now and then. I'm just like, how do you lengthen the, this, the time she, of this photo? She younger than you? Yeah, 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 a little bit. She's she's thirty. I'm thirty two. Okay, God, you're so much. old. Jesus, <laughs> how old are you? Uh, twenty eight. Oh, I'll be twenty nine. <laughs> yeah, it's not that old. I mean, I feel old. There's parts of me that are that are super achy. Like I've had this ache in my elbow for a long time now, and and I don't really know what's going on with it. I've been trying to just massage it and take it easy. But anytime I'm like holding a cup of coffee or anything with really? substantial weight, where I'm bending my elbow, interesting. It, it makes you- me feel hella old. Have you heard of that knees over toes guy? Only from you. Only listening to so your so podcast. I'm, yeah, I'm really glad you heard of that. But um, I've been trying to pay attention to the kind of philosophy behind what he's trying to do, where he's strengthening things going the opposite direction, hmm. where knees over toes, like he's walking backwards and he's pulling a sled and he's getting all these uh opposite movements to strengthen and what he essentially calls to bulletproof like around a joint or ligament or a section of your body. And I wonder if there's like a, like a tennis elbow help, you know? Yeah. I wonder so far I've just been using heat and stretching like where, where I feel it pain, painful at like right at the base of my bicep. And I'll try to like do some acupressure yeah. And just like really press on those, break it down, maybe. break it up a little bit. I feel like it helps, but not long-term. Hmm. Do you, is it from a shovel? Do you think he's digging? With a I don't shovel? know, honestly. Clearing trails or something? You know, it kind of sounds really lame, but it's probably from me when I'm laying in my bed with my phone at night and I'm like playing video games. Yeah. Cause I'm all tense. I play call of duty mobile. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. They have a mobile game. It, it dude, it's I've, pretty sick. So it's, it's, I, I, I don't have video games. I, I, I have video games, but I've never played them um they're they're not there. they're oh. in the bedroom I, I have my my buddy bruno gave me an xbox one <clears> for <throat> christmas last year and it was a used one he's not like you know I was throwing say, people xbox right um but yeah he uh gave me that and i got gta 5 because i played that when it came out at my friend's house yeah. legendary game and i gotta tell you i haven't even made it past the first like mission like the first mission like the th- and there's already coming out with GTA six soon. Yeah. There's so many, it's been 10 years in between five and six. I'm so far behind on video games. Like I I don't care enough to buy like the newest system or have a really crazy computer. I would like to be able to play Skyrim again. I have a PlayStation three, but that thing started to crap out on me. 
Oh, yeah, because they're on PS5 now, <clears throat> huh? I think so, yeah. Oh, you just said you wouldn't fucking know. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear about it. I'm like, oh, that would be cool to have. But then I, I know the, the cost of each individual game <clears throat> and then the cost of the console. And I'm like, yeah, fuck that. It's not necessarily the t- uh, the money part that um kind of scares me off. It's the commitment of time. Yeah, yeah that's true. Because I'll try and play it and the updates like a software update or to load a game. Cause I, I thought you just could just put a disc in and play it, but no, you, the disc is so the console can download or upload whatever yeah. the game. And then you gotta and you it takes play like two fucking hours. Yeah. And I'm like, that was the only two hours I had. <laughs> and then you play halfway or like a quarter of the way through it. And they're like, Oh, if you want to continue, you got to buy this expansion for another $70. Yeah, what is that? EA sports favorite thing? I don't know. When I, when I started playing that game, destiny, Way back in the day, it hmm. started doing that, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" That the, ooh, oh, I bet it was way worse when it first started popping off. But yeah, I still thought like I just put the disc in and then I play it and then I take the disc out. But no, not at all. Yeah, and it takes so long. It's like I only have a fucking couple hours, dude. If that, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I got shit to do. It's not you enough fucking time in the day. Sit here and play this for hours. <clears throat> so that's why I usually play at night. Right. Like everybody's gone to bed, the dogs mm-hmm. are fed, put to you know, put down for bed and everything, and. Um, sometimes I'll stay up a little later than I need to, like one in the morning. A lot of times I'll stay up until like one or two in the morning, mm-hmm. but I, I what can, time do you have to get up? uh, it depends. Like, so if I'm working for TaylorMade, um, I usually don't have to get up until like, like eight o'clock. Yeah. That's uh, not bad. That's <clears throat> no, nice. it's not bad. It but like nice. tomorrow I'm going to have to get up. I have to be at Naira campground at seven. Whoa. So I got to probably leave here about 6 30 um so i'm probably gonna wake up at five tomorrow Oof, that's rough yeah i get used to it after if i wake up two days in a row at the same time early like that my body just does it automatically that's fair that's yeah. fair i just have to make sure i actually go to sleep mm. you do have a hard time falling asleep um sometimes like last night i did uh but actually the night before a hitch, when I'm all excited about it, yeah, yeah I have a hard time falling asleep. What's a hitch? Just what I'm doing tomorrow. What so I'm, I'm packing up, um, going backpacking for work. So I'll be at, I'll be camping at the Manzana Narrows um, tomorrow until Thursday, and then I'll come back Thursday. What does that consist of? Um, so today is like, like my pack your, up day. Yeah, like what's your job? So this Just, morning I went and got. Oh, my job description is trail maintenance. Trail maintenance. Okay. Yeah. So. For this particular project, we'll be working in the national forest, but also working in a wilderness designation. Mm. So that means no power tools. So everything that we're doing is with hand saws, loppers, um, axe, and there's like a multitude of different trail tools that we can use. My favorite one is called the, it's called, it's made by a company called Rogue and they make a lot of fire, fire line tools. Rogue. Like yeah. the fitness company? Uh, spelled same spelled the same, but different. Yeah, but What's, different. What is it? It's called the Rogue Trail Boss. Oh, Trail Boss. Yeah. Oh, have you heard of that? I, I mean, oh wait, no, I'm thinking of uh, Trail Boss, the the Chevrolet trim for a truck. Oh they no, have like a Trail Boss, <laughs> like addition. No, this one's basically like a. It's got a long handle. Um, it probably stands about five feet tall, um, so that you don't have to bend over so much. Yeah. But it's got a wide. Uh, flat blade on the back like a hoe mm-hmm. um, and you can cut through dirt with that oh, um, I can smash through shrubs but it also on the back there's a small axe head so I can turn it around and I just have a different angle if I need to like s- 
split chemise or, or uh, bust up something that's not, that needs a little bit sharper of an edge. Oh yeah. How long have you been doing that? Since, I, well, I started in 2016 as a, just a volunteer through Los Padres Forest Association. Really? Um, my buddy, Jason Morris, I started hiking with him pretty much right out of high school. And we just ventured around all over the place. And he was one of the only people that I could actually hike with that could go as long as I wanted to and vice versa for yeah. him. Um, and he started looking into hiking groups um, like the Sierra Club and stuff like that. And he ended up finding LPFA. Okay. And then he started doing volunteer trail projects and he started telling me about that. And I was like, dude, that sounds fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, but who the fuck has time to be out in the backcountry for five days at a time? Exactly. So I started taking any amount of vacation that I had when I worked at Rancho Sisquoc and um, that would go do trail work. I, li I like that winery. Yeah, no, it was probably my favorite winery to work at. I worked in the cellar mm -hmm. um, as a, I, I guess my title was cellar lead. But I was a cellar rat, basically. Yeah. Um, okay. <clears throat> in a, in a good sense, you know. I, I had For a good sure. time there. They call my trade rats, residential electrician. Okay. Rats. Yeah. So. so you know, I was working underneath the assistant winemaker uh, and the winemaker. Um, but yeah, we basically just got the fruit um, in the harvest or in the fall season and crushed it and fermented it and made the wine. Um, so did you start that right out of high school or did that crossover? No, I worked on a hiking? ranch. Um, well, first, my first job was Palmerville's Automotive. Hell yeah. Shout uh, out. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Was, it, was his name Don? Don. Don. Yeah. yeah. And I worked there for, I think almost three years. Um, I got my job there when I was like 16 or 17. And then, uh, I graduated high school and, and, uh, a friend of mine needed somebody to, uh, butcher his livestock. Oh, no way. So I was like, oh, I'll do that. That's so cool. D did you have any experience doing that before? Uh, well, I grew up as a hunter. Really? So, oh yeah, I don't have any like professional experience. But that's what that is experience. I think professional is like a bracketed thing. It doesn't necessarily have to be, but you processed your own. Yeah. Game. Yeah. And it's, it's not pretty. Like I don't, I'm not like taking my fillet knife and making quick work out of this, out of these animals. <laughs> oh but. no, of course. I tried to cut bait, like thick strips <clears throat> of bacon in like half recently and yeah. I realized how far I have to go. A sharp knife makes a big difference. <laughs> and that's something that I knew how to do too as a kid. Like my dad taught me how to sharpen knives. I bought my first, I saved up money, like 40 bucks. And I got this tiny little fury skinning knife. It's mm. this little curved blade. I still have it. Really? Yeah. That's dope. And uh, what's that? You still use it? I haven't in a long time. It's just, just because it's, now, yeah, like pretty much. Um, but just because it's so small, the blade is so short, it's easy to sharpen and I can get that thing super sharp. Oh yeah. But you can tell how many, how much trial and error I've done on it because of the, the edge it's serrated on the bottom, but this, the straight edge is very worn down and you can tell if mm. you really look at it, but you're going to have to send me a picture of that. I want to check that out or just see it just yeah. for context. Cause I've seen one other person that's had the exact same knife and I kind of wish I had that one. Cause it was just the full straight edge instead mm -hmm. of being serrated. I don't really like serrations. I mean, they work, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't have many experience cutting things, but the same for me, like, unless it, there's some instant utility, like that's a whole separate knife to have a serrated thing on, you know, yeah. like a machete, like the serrated versions of those. The, I mean, it's good for cutting through thick skin. Like, I don't know if you've ever skinned a wild, I, I, a wild boar never, before. I've never hunted. It's just been a dream of mine. Oh, we should go hunting. I haven't hunted in a long time, but I would love to. We, I want to you, you use rifle or bow. Um, I, 
historically I used rifle hell yeah, um, or shotgun. Good. Those are so much easier. Yeah. But I would like to get better in more experience in hunting with a bow, like ven- like deer, mm-hmm. uh, hunting with hunting pig with a bow would be kind of, uh, would that, be kind of difficult because they're they're fucking mean and they're yeah. kind of tough. No, I want I, I want a fucking multiple rounds to put into a hog. Well, <laughs> a, a three hundred eight or a thirty out six will take one down. Oh, for sure, but, as long as it's placed right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, I haven't actually done. I think I've I've gotten one wild boar and one deer in my life, um, and I've just hunted with my dad. All of the other experience that I've had was either being out with my dad or hunting small game, like rabbit, yeah. quail. Yeah. I heard that you brought a barbecued rabbit to band practice <laughs> yeah, yeah, in high school. Yeah, I did. <laughs> was that when you were in down hour? Yeah. How'd you, how'd you fucking start playing guitar? Um, well, this is kind of a funny story. My dad told um, my stepbrother when I was a kid that he was going to get him like a bass guitar or something like that. And I was like, I kind of want to play guitar. And I brought it up to my dad and he's like, do you really want to play? Cause you know, it takes a lot of work. And I'm mm. like, yeah, I want to play. I think that sounds really cool. No, that would have scared me off immediately. I was such a bitch. I had no discipline, no work ethic. No, like if anything took any amount of work, I just didn't do it. I was much more driven as a child. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I uh, am still trying to be come driven. It's very difficult. Uh, the, the nicest parts of my personality are, you know, conversational at best. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that can be hard too, especially nowadays. So many people have social anxiety and stuff. It's hard to actually continue on with the conversation. You know what? Um, it's kind of interesting. I get anxious if I'm not making people laugh, but when I, the more social anxiety I, I get, the funnier I can become. I can see that where I'm like, I'm just, I had to, just I just turning into to, turning life into a joke. Oh, exactly. Where I just switch right off from like, Oh, a person connecting with you. And I'm going to make fun of everything you do and say, <laughs> you can hear it in the earlier episodes where I'm, where I'm having a conversation and I'm so also very ADHD, but just kind of a little disconnected. And I just start throwing fucking jokes. That's what she said. Dick jokes, you know, shit right into the conversation. Um, so, but gotten better about circling back. So your dad said the guitar was going to be a ton of work. Oh yeah. Like, so he, getting into it he and, told me to just look online and I looked for a kit. So I wanted to play electric guitar cause I've always been a metalhead. I always liked rock. Hell yeah. Um, so I, I found a, a kit that came with the guitar, um, the cables. I think it came with a, a tuning head crank so you could change your own strings. Mm. Um, and also an amp. And it was like this little teeny tiny, it was a brand called dinosaur. Um, but the guitar was a Johnson model. Uh, it was a Johnson model JS 800. It was like a Stratocaster copy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a kind of a shorty too. It was, it was much shorter than the, the other guitars that I have, but I got that. And then I also got a, a program to kind of teach me the basics. Okay. And then, um, I was lucky enough to be able to just have enough drive to just listen to what I wanted to play. And at the time, like the first song I learned was Sweet Leaf by Black Hell Sabbath. Yeah. Oh, that's and, awesome. Yeah, and it's super easy. I was going to ask because everyone who's a metalhead and wants to play guitar has Tony Iommi right at the top of their list. So I was going to ask, what was, what's your favorite? And I was thinking of Master of Reality, just the whole album. As you oh, were saying the, that. uh, that's funny. You know, I did I did learn. So that's Metallica, right? Master of Reality? No, the um, Black Sabbath uh, album, oh, Master of oh, Reality, that Sweet Leaf's right. on. But the... Uh, they have 
Oh, Master of Puppets. Ma- that's Bastard what I was thinking of. The yeah. one. There you go. I did learn um, the intro to Master of Puppets uh, that's early on. Sick. Just the intro for a long time. And then I tried to play more and more after that. How'd you, how'd you get in the band in general? Um, so it was kind of random. Uh, I think I knew, I feel like I knew Travis Morris. I think I was in one of his classes and is he related to Jason Morris. Yeah. Is that, okay. so yeah, I work with Jack Travis's brother gotcha. on a regular, I, I don't, I don't know them, but I'm just picking up on last oh, okay. names here. So yeah, yeah, that is his brother. Right on. Um, but somebody invited me to go jam and I had been, I was in like the guitar club Maybe that's what it was. I was in the guitar club at Cabrillo yeah. and just trying to branch out and learn, meet new people that played music. And it kind of helped me get my confidence up too. Uh, but yeah, I, I started playing when I was 13 and then I just practiced, practiced, practiced. I wish I had the same drive that I, I used to because I could, I could play for 13 hours straight. Like, especially in the summertime. That's insane. Yeah, I'd just be cooped up in my room watching TV and go from playing guitar to like watching what's on TV for a second and then back to whatever I was doing. Um, but then I, I got to a pretty good level and then I don't remember who it was that invited me to come, to come jam. Uh, but I had a broken wrist at the time that was in a cast. Mm. And so the day I got my cast off was the first day I went to go jam with down hour at Tom Taylor's house in, in the village. And, uh, that, that was painful, but it was a good way f- to go through physical therapy and yeah, move man. out of that atrophy and everything. How'd you break your wrist? Playing football, like a pickup game of football. Oh, I got man. fucking laid out. Jeez. <laughs> and I don't play sports. I, yeah, clearly you got yeah, laid out. I got laid wrist, the fuck bro. out. Um, and I, I remember that day it hurt. Like I stopped then I was just like, fuck that. Like I'm, I've got to sit down. Cause I was a little bit kind of winded. I think I got hit from the side and I flipped and I don't know how I did it, but I got hit real hard. Mm. And, uh, I was done at that point. And then I ended up going and hanging out with my friends afterward and my wrist was all fucked up. I couldn't bend it, but I just remember being at somebody's uh, apartment and just smoking a bunch of weed and using my left hand to hold the darts that we were playing with. And, uh, and I think I, I sat on that, not literally, but I just kind of chilled out for maybe three or four days. And then I got, went back to school that, that following week. And I was like, I think I need to see the nurse about this. Cause it was, it wasn't like totally black and blue, but I still couldn't move it. And it was really painful. So yeah, it wasn't flopping all over the place. And you yeah, broke it. it was, it was a fracture. Yeah. It wasn't a full on break. Good. But yeah, you're a robust man, even when you're a young man. So it wasn't snapping. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And so the, uh, I went to the nurse and she said, yeah, your, your wrist is broken. <laughs> like you can't move it. It's kind of discolored and swollen. You need to go to the doctor. So they wrapped it up in a cast and, and then I think it was only like two months that I had it on. I've never broken a bone. I've never had a cast, anything like that. And I can't imagine wearing something for two fucking months that is external and just an attachment. It really wasn't that bad from what I remember. Yeah. I mean, I still tried to play guitar through it and everything too, which didn't happen very easily. But stubborn um, assholes. I know. That's, I think, but I, the day I got that cast off, I went and jammed with Down Hour, and everybody had a good time, and that's where it started from. Who, who was in the band? It was um, myself, Dustin yeah. Whalen, um, Eddie Garnica, Travis Morris, um, and Thomas Tom Taylor. 
and then Nelson Almodovar. Oh, I've had Nelson on before. Have you? Yeah. I got to look for that episode. Yeah. It, I, I don't have his picture. I just have a picture of the Coke bottles with the name Nelson on it. Oh, yeah. Randomly. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm just going to use that one. Yeah. Dustin told me he had an episode too. I got to check that out. Ugh, he has a couple episodes. I've also deleted a couple episodes with him too. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> we, we'll just get too drunk. And he's not the reason, but it goes into the reason that I'm like, yeah, no alcohol when we do podcasts. It's a waste. Yeah, I feel like you might be able to be a little bit more focused when you're not just hammered. Yeah, yeah, and it's, uh, people say things they don't want other people to hear when they're drinking. Oh, that makes sense. And The truth serum. Yeah, truth serum. And then they ask you to not release it, and then you go, hey, dude, you just wasted my whole Sunday and, like, two or three hours, and this is something I'm doing, like, purely yeah for my love and passion of it i appreciate that you came and did it how dare you (laughs) yeah well i mean good for you though like setting some boundaries for yourself so that you can do what you actually like to do and And yeah see the fruits of it Mm -hmm. and i'm sure just like it's it uh what am i trying to say here um five years in it's like one of the things i've learned is like drinking smoking weed is just not necessarily you don't have to have that for a good conversation. Yeah. They're great. They're enhancements. And I have a bunch of episodes with friends where we're sitting down, they're ripping a bong, we're watching the fights and cracking beers and chit chatting <clears throat> and it comes off really great. But if it's just like you and me here, it's like, it's what like, do we talk about? Yeah. And then yeah. we just like have to power drink ourselves into stupidity. <laughs> and then it really, it really removes, um, the foundation of a conversation, I think. I think you're right. Because it jumps to like greatest hits for people instead of um, building on something. Right. And even like, so I mentioned earlier, like I stopped smoking weed and uh, there have been times where like early on in Taylor and my relationship, uh, when we first met each other, I didn't really smoke a whole lot, which was different mm-hmm. uh, for me. And once we started getting more comfortable with each other, I, 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 that I like, Hey, do you want to smoke? And, and she was like, no, it's okay, but you can. And then eventually she, she would with me. Um, but we don't, we don't smoke together anymore. Uh, and at all, actually, mm. like I gave the rest of everything that I had to, to somebody. Cool. And, okay. Uh, I love people like you just but, <laughs> keeping those people on <laughs> free weed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it definitely has come my way plenty of times, so I like to pass it on forward. Reciprocate, yeah. Yeah. Keep it. But the first time that I I smoked and hung out with Taylor, it was so awkward because I was just like, I mean, not just because you, I mean, I just didn't have anything to say (laughs) and I was just, you know, being there. And uh, so that's why, like, even before I I started dating Taylor, when I was going on on like Tinder dates and stuff, Mm -hmm. I made an effort to not show up to the first date like a stony baloney. Yeah. I know some people who try to show up to dates drunk because they're nervous. Yeah. Not a good idea. No, that just kind of looks, in my opinion, it looks kind of trashy if you're like sloshed. But if you have a drink with them that's you know, okay. at dinner, that's, that's totally okay. different. I feel like, because then it's both of you enjoying this beverage together and then mm-hmm. that that's kind of like the social lubricant that, yeah to keep that's when the, the conversation going becomes an actual like a combination you get yeah. to consolidate two people not like on a podcast that's not how it happens <laughs> this isn't a date you're beautiful but we're just talking 
Um, I wanted to bring bring me to my next point. I can't recall. I kind of want to circle back to just to. We were talking about you being a butcher or not being a butcher, but someone asked you to butcher oh, yeah. their livestock. Yeah, and so I I went out and I guess I remembered maybe a year before I actually started working for this guy. Um, I had actually helped him harvest some lettuce that he was growing on his on his farm too, and we like washed it and bagged it up, and mm. they I don't know where they sold it, but. And then like a year later, then he asked me if I would be, he expressed that he had all of these goats and chickens and turkeys that he needed to, to, uh, butcher. Cause mm. one, they're getting too much, too many of them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, two, they just didn't have the time. And I was like, Hey, if you guys are looking to pay somebody to do that, I can do it. And I was a little rusty when I first started and I was kind of embarrassed cause it didn't happen as fast as, as they wanted to. But mm. the more I did it, the faster it got, um, but I mean, the biggest part is just having the stomach to be able to do that. Yeah. So yeah, I was gonna say because I used to be very squeamish. I still have like instances of squeamishness um, where I just, I I don't know, something about blood just like makes my like whole system and blood pressure drop and like I faint all the time. And it just it hasn't happened in a long time. But the the blood wasn't a big deal for me. It was when you're well dispatching the animal first. Mm. You, that kind of. You got to take a, f- a couple of deep breaths. I never really got used to it. Yeah. You know, nor do I ever want to get used to that. I didn't think that was going to be an issue. I had to put a chicken down that a dog had like ripped. Ravaged. Yeah, a little bit at work. And I had like a BB CO2 pistol with mm. me. And this thing was just like, I needed, needed to put it out of its misery. Right. And that was like one of the first lessons my dad ever taught me is if an animal's suffering, go put it out put of it its out. misery type of thing. We were watching a movie. Gina Davis snapped this buck's neck after she hit it with a car. And I was like, damn, all right. What movie was that? I feel like I've seen that movie. Uh, Long Kiss Goodnight. Samuel uh, yeah. L. Jackson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <sighs> Love that movie. Such a <laughs> like good, bad movie. I haven't seen that in so long. Mm, it's so good. There's such a stupid scene where there's a grenade thrown in the hallway and it just blows up and a fireball chases them essentially down the hallway. Yeah, like, not <laughs> at all what that ha- what not happens. Not at all. And then they jump out of a window and as they're falling, she shoots the ice outside. They're in like uh, East Coast wintertime. She shoots the ice with an Uzi to break it up so they can like land and watch. It's just so, so bad, but it's so good. I love that fucking movie. Sometimes those those cheesy ass movies are the best. But yeah, and I... I can't hate watch things like people love to watch bad things. And it's like, bro, I, I'm busy. I don't want to do this. Did you ever watch, uh, it was on Netflix for a while, but it was trolls Two. Oh, troll. Yeah. Troll two. And they, they made a documentary is, uh, best worst movie ever. I yeah. think. Yeah. <laughs> Went through that whole rabbit hole with my friends. And that was exactly the first thing that popped in my head when he said, that. but how was that experience? The first time you had to put that chicken out, it was like, I had to like, kind of like steal myself and fucking shoot it. And it wasn't dying. So I pumped its heart a little bit to make the blood loss go uh, oh, okay. quicken and for it to die quicker. And I shot it twice and I was like, huh, that, that wasn't the hardest thing I've ever had to do, but yeah. there's a little asterisk on the way that felt that I'll never forget. Yeah. Well, in the future, if you ever need to do that uh, quicker, like the best way, and this is a good method to 
uh, when you're cleaning the animal too, because if if most people just cut the heads of the chickens off, and then the chickens just like flailing around, mm. with like the proverbial ch- running around with a ch- mm. with its head cut off, mm-hmm. um, which does happen. Yeah. But the quickest way to do it so that they're more relaxed and it happens faster without the flailing is you just take your a knife mm. and you just go right at the, underneath their beak and just okay. pierce all the way through their skull. Oh, okay. And then the feathers come out so much easier. Oh, because they're relaxed. They're not yeah. tensed. And yeah, there's up. literally no twitching or flapping or anything. They just kind of tense up for a second and then. Good to know. Yeah, yeah. I, I had to. I had to put a chicken out um, in the last couple of years, and that's that's how I did it. But I also stopped chopping their heads off because, you know, you your hands are in the way when right. you have this axe. Mm. If you miss, there's your thumb. That's not good. Yeah, that's so. Fun. But I yeah, we used to put them down. Well, well, the goats, uh, we used to put them down, uh, with a, a 17 caliber rifle mm-hmm. and that's it, all it took for a little goat. It is put it right behind their ear. Um, yeah, right, right into their head, but goats brains are kind of small. So if you miss, you just blow out. Around. Yeah, dude, the, I stopped using a gun. Cause one time I did put this one goat down and I put it right behind the ear and it dropped immediately. <clears throat> but then like 10 seconds later, it stood back up and started trying to run away from me. And I had to go back into Fucking the house. Zombie goat, to dude. Grab. Yeah, I know. And it was terrible because I like blew out its eye and everything. And, and, uh, oh, that's I, awful. yeah, so I stopped doing that and said, I just, <laughs> I just cut yeah. their neck. Do the kosher way. Yeah. And, and then that way, I mean, it's dramatic looking, but they lose they die really quick and yeah. it will die quickly. Yeah. But that's it. You know, you, you gotta take a deep breath and, and just every time I would be like, I'm so sorry to yeah. the goat, especially the old ones. Cause they would, you'd like pull their, their head back and they knew oh, and they wow. just close their eyes. Oh God. That's yeah. awful. <laughs> yeah. It was terrible, but they, they, they were consumed. They didn't just, get killed and buried in a ditch they were used for meat. Yeah. And so it wasn't a waste. Damn. But what yeah. A trip. So that's actually an interesting time frame for me because I was working on that ranch and I, at that time I was like a puny ass kid. Like I was I was 18 and weighed 125 pounds. You weighed 120? Yeah. I weighed 125 pounds in fourth grade. That's Yeah, crazy. no, I was I was a tiny little kid. I'll Tiny probably, dude. I'll probably die very quick more sooner than you, most people because of it. But I'm pushing like 200 pounds today. I'm 212, right? Sitting right here before you. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a little bit fluffy. Like I... I Ugh, tell me about it. These fucking holidays. I know, dude. <laughs> going, so I just came back from Arkansas through for Christmas. Oh, I and love Arkansas. Taylor and I went out there to go visit her grandfather and, and her sister lives out there too. But we went to Bentonville and we drove. And so we took our motorcycles, our mountain bikes, wow. and went How many took the animals RV. Did you take with you? Uh, five dogs and a cat. Six fucking animals. Yeah. I well, right here it says no less than seven usually. Uh, <laughs> well, one of them die. No, every now and then we have um, foster one. A, a board and train. So, so, so I'm not trying to cut you off here, but uh, what? Is the wait? I want to finish the Arkansas. Well, anyway, it was just so driving. Where it, it's just a cycle of uh, eating and drinking energy drinks 
And then, yeah. And for me, especially, I get those like fatty NOSC bottles. Dude, those are so good. So good. So good. It's my my drink of choice on the road. But, you know, I'm just drinking these high-ass sugary drinks Mm -hmm. and then eating snacks like Takis and- I was going to ask. Cheese. What what do you eat on the road when you're driving like that? My favorite snack is Takis. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just, it's spicy- it's making my mouth water right now just thinking about it. But <laughs> that's because those chemicals are in your brain. I know. Man. There's gotta got to be some you. MSG or something in there. You know, I'm learning more and more about the way they uh, kind of have made f- processed food addicting. Yeah, I think MSG was like a big part of that. It, I don't know what MSG even is. I just know that there's a no MSG sign at some oriental food places. I think it's just a seasoning. I don't know exactly what it is either. But yeah, you go to like, uh, I think... Um, you can buy MSG at the international market here in town. There's an international market in town? Yeah, it's right behind the Lompoc oh. Donut Shop. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know it's a great place to get mushrooms and stuff. They have like shiitake mushrooms, dried and fresh. I think mushrooms and oysters smell and, and taste like cummy balls. So Raw, yeah, they kind of do. <laughs> I, I like to think of it as forest floor. Forest floor. Just so I don't think about it like that too much. But yeah, they are kind of musky. Yeah, I don't... Depending... But wild mushrooms, though, that's different. Like chanterelles okay. and mm-hmm. morales. The, yeah. Morales especially, they're kind of nutty tasting. Like nutty tasting. Not like nutty. Not nutty, yeah. But like... <laughs> <laughs> but like... Um, oh, like You're I don't not know. holding your cause there. <laughs> yeah, walnutty or almini. Not so almini, but, you know, okay. nutty. I can get behind that. I read a book. My first job was a christmas tree lot at the uh it's like the achievement house thrift store now on uh chestnut and h street i believe oh, okay and it used to be uh during the winter christmas tree place for one winter and there was not a lot of christmas tree sales going on so in between delivering christmas trees with my dad or something like that um just be reading this book on mushrooms and for whatever reason, I found it so fascinating. It had pictures, areas, types, what likely side effects you'll have if you eat them. Oh, wow. Like, That's a good book. M- most all of them were gastrointestinal distress, which is kind of funny. But there's like two. I'm sure you know this. I have that. I, Chanterelles especially. If you if you eat them raw. Yeah. Dude, they'll make you shit your brains out. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I wonder why that is. I wonder what, what it's doing to your system to like just I don't know. Like that. It, I mean, it, and it doesn't, in my experience, I haven't eaten them on raw, but I've eaten them a little bit undercooked. Mm-hmm. And I just have a little bit of like a, a stomach cramp and then I'm just mm-hmm. on the can forever. Yeah. <clears throat> the first time I took psilocybin mushrooms, I was shitting so much and so long, like a couple hours into it. So I'm like tripping balls and then splashing splashing shit water on the back of my balls. Dude, it's awful. It was not fun. It made me like, (laughs) I was like, I don't know. I think I want to do acid because it's like mushrooms, but it's store-bought. It's like the store-bought version or it's like the fucking uh, GMO shrooms. Well, they do say it's a little bit more controllable acid yeah i've never done acid i but they do say it is it is much cleaner as they say mm, <clears throat> and i don't know about i would now where i am in life i'd much rather do the thing out of the fucking earth than, right than the thing the, the shit made in the fentanyl bathtub yeah i mean <laughs> there's so much random shit that you can get that would be terrible for you and the thing like that scares me about lsd is that if you take a bad 
um, a bad batch or too much, like it fries you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Like you don't come back. And, and I know even people that do it regularly or have done it regularly, they even have the side effects of like one person in particular told me every now and then they see this spark fly out into their vision and it just like flies out in between, like, like somebody tossed a spark over their shoulder and it just kind of fizzles on the ground and disappears. Mm. I, I don't want that. I don't know. It sounds kind of cool. I'd be bored as shit and then sparks are flying once in a while. Keep me, keep me, keep attention going. Yeah, I guess so that's one moment. way to look at it. But yeah. to me, I'm just like, that sounds like brain damage. That is exactly <laughs> what that is. I mean, how many, how many things do we do that give us little subtle brain damage we're not completely aware of? We don't get the cool uh, components of sparks. I mean, I feel like, cause I started smoking weed when I was 14. Yeah. Like late bloomer, huh? Late bloomer. <laughs> yeah. And uh, sometimes I feel like, it may have affected me to this day. Did you say that slowly on purpose for like comedic effect when you said that? Oh, I'm just trying to word it. No, yeah, I'm just properly. Yeah. Just no, thinking. it's all good. Um, yeah, I didn't start smoking weed till I was 23. I wish I had, I had started later in life. Cause I feel like it, it, there are things that I wanted to do job wise that I knew I couldn't do because I smoked weed. Really? Like what? Well, I've considered going joining the military. Yeah. Um, well, they you just they don't kick you out if you come in with it in your piss, do they? Um, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I know that you can get dishonorably discharged for having it in your for pissing dirty while you are in the service. Yeah, and you just didn't. You just don't think you were going to be able to kick it in <laughs> like it's like it's heroin. <laughs> kick it in. Um, in the I just well, my mindset has changed since. I was a young adult. Like back then I was just like, I could, I should be able to do whatever I want. And also right out of high school, I knew that I wanted to make wine. Really? So yeah, that, I, I had that in my head, Why but there is, that's interesting. Cause well, first of all, I wanted to stay here. Really? Yeah. I wanted to be able to stay on the central coast, on the central coast. Not Lompoc. Got it. Um, either way. Um, I don't mind living did, in Lompoc. Did you grow up in the village? Uh, I actually, the first I moved here because my dad was stationed in Vandenberg. Okay. So, so you're, I, you're a normal person. You're not like from here, like the rest of these urchins and creek. Well, I, I moved here when I was two. Yeah. So see, I'm, you're at, you're from out of town. Got it. Yeah, no, pretty just, much. Just, no, no, but no, I, I was raised my young childhood. I, I grew up on Vandenberg and yeah, that's seeing, <laughs> seeing other people that were, that were raised on base. You are kind of like the weird kid. Um, and maybe, maybe just not weird, but sheltered. Because the base, like I could run around all over the place, yeah, and not have to worry about it. My parents wouldn't have to worry about it, which is probably why I got so interested in in outdoors. Because there's so much like very, backcountry very, out there, and not wilderness, but wilderness out on base. And, I'm so unfamiliar. I actually have a pass that I need to go acquire for the gun club. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, it, everything is different now. Like the places that I used to go run around in as a kid we all called Dead Man's Canyon. Mm. And it's this canyon that's over by the, um, I think it's called the Utah Gate, like right in front of Crestview Elementary. But there's a service road that takes you past this this ditch. And then you go into this, and it's more of like just like a, a seasonal drainage. But we would all climb into there because it's all eroded. You know, it kind of looks like the area behind Cabrillo um, mm-hmm. where- Trail and stuff. Yeah, like, where yeah. there's just like that big water ditch and it kind of looks a little cavey. Yeah. And it's like a miniature, miniature Canyon. So we would go and hang around and play in there. And 
there was this pine tree that somebody had tied a fi- uh, fire hose to that went down the cliff. So, so we would r- like rappel down. Yeah. So we'd climb down this cliff and I remember on a fucking fire, on a fire hose, hose. That's so funny. but somebody had carved, um, little foot notches in the clay, clay cliff. And it was like this little teeny tiny That's waterfall so cool. that trickled down. Um, now I'm pretty sure that whole area is very much protected. And, and I, I think last time I passed by the area, that whole service road was fenced off. Wow. But yeah, I used to play down there as a kid and we had little names for different checkpoints that's of how far cool. you went. See, like the God that, stairs. See, that's why you're spot. so fucking cool. Cause I was, I was like, who, who the fuck is wild man, Dan, Dan, <laughs> Dan was badass. I, you're not like most people around here. You seem very grounded. Um, and you know, healthy, normal, intelligent. You like good things. You're part of good things like the dog training, boarding, uh, what you're going to have to explain more of that. Sure. Thing, Cause I'm very on the outside, but, um, it's cause you grew up, uh, on base. You didn't have to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did definitely didn't have the influences that some other people had that I grew up with. <sighs> Tell me about it. Yeah. Yeah. But in that aspect, I'm really lucky cause you know, I, I could be more involved with drugs and cause I used to hang out with those, with some fucking shitty people in high school. But and it's a slippery fucking slope, man. Yeah. But I always was kind of uncomfortable about most of those people that were around. Like, I don't know if you ever heard about this group called TBC. Like they all called themselves the bad crowd. No. Yeah. And it was, it was a particular group, like circle of friends. They all I called themselves TBC. I guarantee that I probably have. And this is going to come up or. You probably know somebody that. Yeah. Obviously. Repped TBC, yeah, I guess. Obviously we won't name names. Yeah. But, but um, so most of those people did not go down a good road. <laughs> Weird. They were in the bad crowd and they yeah. didn't go down. <laughs> and I think the whole story from what I understand was this new guy moved into town and was hanging out with this group of friends and they got stopped by the cops for whatever reason. And the cop was just like, I've never seen you before. You just moved here. And, and he got his whole backstory. And he was like, honestly, man, you don't seem like the kind of people that should be hanging out with. These are like the bad crowd. Mm-hmm. And the, the kid told the other people and they're like, fuck yeah, we're the bad crowd, TBC. And it ended up just being this big thing. That's, how, that's as easy as it is. That's so fucking yeah. funny. That's all it I is. wonder if that police officer ever knew that he named that. Because it was kind of like a kind of like a gang, yeah. In a sense, I mean that that's really what like street gangs are is just like a, a collective of friends who go by something <laughs> and they become organized by their toxic friendship, right? <laughs> right. But I was I was always definitely the odd one. Um, I wouldn't say that I was bullied, but I definitely wasn't like the most popular person within that circle. Mm. Like anytime. I didn't hang out with most of them, but there was a couple of people that I did that associated with the rest of them. And, uh, anytime we would be hanging out in mission Hills. Cause I, after I moved off base, my dad bought a house in mission Hills and he still lives there. Cool. So yeah. I was always walking around in the sticks back there. Yeah. Um, and I even found like a tree fort back there that was, was pretty, pretty cool. And we all would hang out. I actually spent my 16th birthday party with a handle of Jack there. Bitching. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. And, um, see, that's normal kid stuff. That's where yeah. you go with a bottle of Jack, not fucking the alley. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, maybe <no. laughs> I, mine was the drainage ditch, uh, with Jim beam. And I was like, 18, which one? 19. Um, 
Well, you grew up in Napomo, though. Yeah. Was that, was that in Napomo? No, that was here. I moved here when I was 16. Oh, okay. 15. But um, so 15 through 25 is when I lived here originally. So I'm just pulling, digging through my brain. What is the drainage ditch? Um, oh, it's, it's, it's just the, it's the O Street drainage ditch that oh, goes okay. all the way to the fucking So you like hopped a fence hotel. and went down on the ramp or What's climbed down a ladder? That guy was shot by cops. Recently? No, I don't know what your definition of recent is. But like the last week? No. Oh. Um, what's that fucking hotel next to Chinese King? The, the big hotel, the Embassy Suites. Is that what it's called? Oh, yeah, there is a big embassy suites. That, that, but that's like on, looking motherfucker on North, off of North Avenue. Or no, off of Barton, actually. Yeah, so it's that one. Okay. It's oh, okay, I know what drainage ditch you're talking about now. And in between, there's like another little concreted out spot, and I just was down there. I think I had broke, my girlfriend had dumped me, and oh. I just started drinking. So <laughs> I was like, hell yeah, Jim Beam, God bless. Yeah. It was the worst fucking tasting thing I had ever gone through, and I was just... You, you didn't have anything else to do, nowhere to go. You couldn't just openly drink it somewhere. So you'd hide there in a ditch with your other teenage friends and get yeah. drunk. And that was like the most normal thing I did. But yeah, I, I did. I grew up in Napomo. And the first house that I really lived in and made like formative memories at really developmental time was a, it was a mobile home on a, someone's property out in the Mesa in the fucking boonies. It was surrounded by oak trees. Yeah, Nipos? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Outside outside of Napomo, really, but I was in the Napomo school district or whatever, okay. if you could even call it that. And yeah, I just wanted to play outside and be an outdoorsy kid. And I think I'm still trying to get back to that because when we're driving anywhere, I'm sitting in the passenger seat, dude. I'm like a fucking dog staring out the window, just like <laughs> just looking at trees oh, yeah, and dude. fucking I'm my mind is just endlessly just like chasing to go out there that's how the i feel mountains are calling is so fucking real that's how i feel every time i drive to santa barbara and i'm driving that gaviota coastline really like i've always wanted to go up mariposa i don't even know if i ever say this right but mariposa riena that's how you I know they have it, the yeah. the exit there mm-hmm. well there's a, a creek bed nearby i've always wanted to venture up that creek yeah because technically speaking i don't care what anybody says if you're in a riparian zone that's not owned property so if you're going along a what zone, a riparian zone, like riparian in, in a Creek zone. or okay. in a river. Oh yeah. There's so you a can, a lot of, uh, disputes about that yeah. in Montana, especially in at like Rancho Sisquoc. They, they're very protective <laughs> of that property. There's 40, 30, 38,000 or 40 acres mm. that makes up Rancho Sisquoc wow. and it backs up right against the San Rafael wilderness, mm. which is where I'll be tomorrow. Oh, um, but not on the same side, but in that wilderness. Back, back yeah. up to it. Understood. But um, people try to go up the riverbed, and I've heard instances where like, oh, you're trespassing, but actually you're not. If you're in the riverbed, you're not trespassing. That's a trip. So you could just tube your ass on way through something. That's trippy. yeah, yeah. Or or you know, just hike through it. I mean, I I, I don't know if the if you have to be in the water. Or if you just have to be in the riparian zone. Mm. But I know that I've wanted to go up Mariposa Riena and mm. just go venture up the mountains. And one of the big reasons that I haven't done that is because I've heard of some some bad stories about people running into some pot grows and shit. Which is so weird in this time now because it's... Uh, oh, they're still there. 
Uh, right. Yeah. So, um, there was a this place outside Bakersfield called Woody, town of like 70 people. Um, my late brother-in-law's from there. That's why I was there. And we had just shown up to stay at my sister's grandmother's house. Um, and there were, they found a man that the cartel, I assume, hanging from a tree out there. Yikes. Just like, it wasn't like a hate crime lynching. They just had killed him and hung him out there. And the sheriff went, went out and found him and it was, uh, related to a fucking pot grow. Yeah. And it's just so wild how, let's go out there with some guns, dude. Let's go fucking go check it out. <laughs> I mean, check they, it out. There, there are, they are out there. Yeah. Um, and for the most part, I want to say, and this is probably a, a terrible number for me to, to throw out there, but I want to say 85, 90% of like big mm. pot grow operations that are in the forest are ran by the cartel. Mm. And um, because there's still areas in the United States where weed is totally illegal. Yeah. And so yeah. that's their black market. That's exactly. And they can grow it here like with less impunity, uh, with so much less scrutiny. That, uh, yeah. Well, it's still totally illegal, illegal to grow in the national forest. But the worst <sighs> part is, it's not that even they're just growing weed. It's the damage that they do to the, to the land. What do they do? So there was um, a training that I did to just kind of talk about how they uh, reclaim an old eradicated pot grow site. And they, the <clears throat> classroom day that we did was just talking about like the hazards. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, the people there are a big hazard, but any, any of these places that they do these reclamations, it's already been eradicated by law enforcement. Yeah. Um, but you're going in there basically just picking up their trash and bundling it up to get taken by a helicopter. Was, oh, that's was the big things. Oh, okay. Yeah, and most you know, of the time. I never under, okay. But they, one, they use up a lot of the water. I mean, weed plants take a lot of water. And so they're tapping into natural springs, sometimes even completely drying up or like using up all this water. And um, on top of that, they're dealing with wildlife too. So a lot of these grow ops will be poisoning the animals around. Really? And yeah. And one particular chemical that's very common to find or along in these grow ops are, it's called carbofurin. And it looks like it looks like Pepto-Bismol in the bottle. When it oxidizes, it turns white. But um, you'll find it in containers that, if it's in its regular container, usually it's in the label is in Spanish mm -hmm. um, because it's the chemical has been banned in the United States, the European Union, and Canada. So You know how bad it's got to be if the U.S. bans it? It's That's fucking crazy. terrible. A quarter teaspoon can kill a lion in about 15 minutes. I mean, yeah, but you can, you know, feed some chocolate to a wolf, it'll kill a wolf. Come on. But the problem is is that the chemical is systemic. So it what goes what do you it, mean by so that? when the when an animal consumes it, the the toxin the toxin toxicant, I guess technically mm -hmm. goes through the, its entire body. Cool. And so that animal dies, then the next animal comes and eats it, mm -hmm. absorbs every amount of that the poison that that animal all of has it, because consumed. if they're consumed that 
the yield is whatever's in that. It's still there. That's crazy. And I asked, I was like, how much of that is diluted? And they're like, none, none of it. None. So this is a really sad statistic, but 87% of the animals within the Los Padres National Forest are exposed to carbofurin. 87%. Yeah. And um, they, they started getting funding for these eradications, not because they're growing weed, because that's not a sexy crime anymore. Mm. Would that that would make you know the law enforcement want to go after yeah, it and highlight. get the funding for it? Mm. But it's it's the environmental aspect now. So the big the, the big um, target animal that they're trying to save is called a fisher, and <clears throat> I don't really know how to describe it. I've never seen a fisher before. It's a bird. No, that's a kingfisher. But no, this is like a mixture between a I want to say a badger, a skunk, and uh, a weasel. Oh. And you find them up in Northern California, like around the Emerald Triangle area. Uh-huh. Um, I've never been up there. One day. One day. It's beautiful up there. I, I really am looking forward to spending a lot of uh, my life going out and exploring this beautiful country we have. You should because, take advantage of it while you're young. Yeah. But this 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 you're fisher one and a half years older than me maybe. Well, I know, but I've, <laughs> I I didn't have this mindset until I met Taylor. And Taylor, I've traveled a lot around the United States with Taylor just in the four years that, I've, that we've been together. And um, her big exciting. thing is like, we could die tomorrow or you retire at 57, whatever. And then you die at 67, maybe. Yeah. Or your body's just beat up and you can't go and venture around. Exactly. So I, I get it. Even I though- really respect that. And I think that a lot of people are gravitating towards that mindset. And uh, I myself am really trying to transfix something so I can- I mean, just explain. Uh, that's why explain. van life is so popular now is because you can yeah. work remotely, especially with Starlink. Yeah. How cool is that? Travel yeah. around. God, I don't have any marketable skills. I have to work on site. Yeah, me either. I don't, I can. I also, there's a huge part of me that's like, if you can work remotely, you probably aren't doing anything worth what they pay you. I'm maybe I'm just bitter because I have to go to a fucking different job site every other day, but like we're always remodeling like these rich people's houses. And I'm like, you work from home. (laughs) What the fuck do you do to have a house this big? There is no way you're that important. This is horse shit. Yeah. I don't know. It's good. It's gotta be like computer programmers or something or coding people who are literally only that. It's literally only things that most population just hasn't caught on to. Or graphic design or something like that. Mm -hmm. Anything on a computer. I have something overpaid. I'm not. Good at like I've been nope. getting better at using computers and shit, but uh, I don't know. Going uh, back to my wild man Dan bullshit, yeah. like I've always acquired skills that I would think that I would have to use if I ever was stranded somewhere. Like yeah, hunting, fishing. Um, I've even considered practicing like snaring animals. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that's illegal, so I didn't really do any of that. Fair enough. Um, but I've I've studied it and like. Of all the illegal to, things, you're like, no, nah, no, nah, I'll, I'll smoke weed and, you know, I'll drink yeah. underage, but I'm not going to snare animals that actually help you. <laughs> Isn't that <laughs> funny how, like, the way certain laws that are scrutinized are some actually could be some utility in them? Yeah. I mean, in that aspect, though, I'm pretty sure, depending on where you're at, especially, that could be a felony. Mm, yeah. Game wardens are tricky, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. I, met, I met a really cool one out here um, a couple of years ago when I got caught trespassing uh, and shooting, um, just plinking, really, just cans and yeah. shit with my dad on base. Yeah, that'll 
that that's a, a scary place to get in trouble. Yep. Because they'll they'll throw the book at you, and if if anything, um, you might have a gun in your face. Mm. No, we walked up. Gabe Morton was there first. Climbed over the fence. He was parked right next to our truck. Handed him handed him our guns, and he's like, "Oh, were you hunting out there?" And we're like, "Nope." Do you have a hunting license? Nope. Do you know whose property this is? Nope. Well, it's <laughs> fucking base property. So. Well, oops. Yeah. So he, he called. Someone had someone had been shooting out there, anyways, and we literally just had twenty twos. There's no yeah. no way anyone heard us where we were. It was ridiculous. Sheriff deputies showed up, and then they. It's not game warden's jurisdiction. It's not sheriff's office jurisdiction. It's base yeah base jurisdiction. security forces so yeah exactly so we have three different fucking departments and for we waited out there for three hours just to get a ticket oh, from them it was <laughs> so ridiculous and it was in the height of the pandemic we got a slap on the wrist like 80 dollars trespassing fine that's good at least yeah because it could have been worse it could have been a lot worse I, I've but, been, but we did we just had like little like basically fucking little 22s yeah. like little kid now stuff. if you had like a shotgun or a high-powered rifle that might have been different <sighs> i did get I've never stopped. Even shot a high-powered rifle really yeah only what do you consider high-powered rifle though um a full-size ca- caliber cartridge like 223 no that's a that's the one of the smallest oh i guess yeah, yeah i guess that's it's not really a, a 20 high-powered. 22 technically i would say that's maybe why it's a, funny that people like demonize uh ars yeah it's like no, it's really People who demonize ARs and assault assault style rifles just know nothing about guns. Yeah, it is. It's really gross, really ugly, antiquated way of thinking, and it sucks that it's uh, still pushing legislation and things that otherwise harm law abiding citizens. You know what's crazy though is that in California, because of the NRA, and this was something that that uh, Lompoc PD told me. I, I did the uh, Citizens Police Academy back in the in the fall, hmm. and it was just it's just a public outreach thing. So oh, okay. you, you go there, you learn about what they do, how they do it, a little bit of the laws, and you can ask as many questions as you want. Bitching. Yeah, it's really fun. That sounds really um, fun. They just started another one at the beginning of the year too, and they'll I'm pretty sure they'll keep doing them. Cool. Um, check this out. But uh, it's only a misdemeanor to be carrying a concealed loaded firearm. Oh yeah, I. Uh, uh, deputy just told me that recently. It was a little bit of a shocker to me. But if you have a mini bat in your pocket, that's considered a billy club, and that's a felony. Really? Yeah. Damn, keeping that piece on me. Fuck the billy bat and billy, whatever that is. I know. The, it's, the, it's, what the like? What do they call them? The uh, fucking uh, zap. A sap? Is that what they call it? Uh, that's like the big uh, leather like hit hit you over the head with. Oh, like the sh- like uh, like the old mobsters used to carry yeah, yeah. a sap. Yeah, I didn't even know that had a name. I thought it was. I always just called it a shillelagh, but I think that's oh, an Irish dude, term. It is, and they're about they're about half the size of that, and they're usually at the end is hardened or has molten. Oh, like has a ball on the it. end of it. Yeah, or they'll dip it in something, and it will become hardened. And oh, okay, um, it's often disguised as a cane or. It has to be of some utility as a cane. Um, I got really into shillelaghs recently and learned all about them. That's the only reason I know any of that shit. Yeah. I love that you said that. <laughs> um, there's this. Uh, metal, I like saying it too. Yeah. I, I can't spell it off, off the top of my head to no, save my life. I. If Google gives me a fucking did you mean every time, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. But um, I'm really fascinated about those statistics you're 
Sharon, about the animals oh. getting harmed. And I'm told that you know a fuck ton about plants and animals in this Los Padres forest and that I should be asking you about that. And I think that I'd like to spend a little more time. Sure. You spitting facts at me because that's fucking crazy and cool. Well, I'm not like a. It's fine. I'm like an amateur botanist or no, anything. No, for but sure. That's the word I was trying to write down earlier. I've, uh, I've definitely, I can identify most, most plants. Mm-hmm. Like the small little tiny things you see on the ground, I'm not as familiar with. They're, um, yeah, they're in my, you're. Yeah, they're, but like. If, if we're hiking around in the forest and you point out, oh, what is that? I could probably tell you what it is. And mm-hmm. I might be able to tell you a little bit about what you could do with it, too. Oh, but like what? Uh, what's well, a, what's for, a common one that comes up? So, for instance, if you're walking around in, in a riparian zone or like mm-hmm. in, a, in a the San Inez Riverbed particularly, there's one one plant. It's It's like a shrub or a tree. It's more of like a shrub. I've never actually seen it grow as tall as like a willow tree or anything. But it's called mule fat or mule flat. I think it's mule fat. Mm. But um, the branches are maybe about anywhere between a centimeter to, I guess if it gets a little bit bigger, I've seen them about an inch thick. Uh, but they grow really straight. So you, those are great for making arrows out of. Or oh. it's also a soft wood too. So if you're trying to make a fire bow or a fire drill to like make a fire by rubbing the sticks together, that's what you'd use for your for your drill. Have you ever had to do that? I haven't had to, but, you did, I've, but you know I've how. tried. I've gotten very, 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 very close. If I had a little bit more of a fine uh, kindling, I probably would have done it. But I've had like a good pitch of smoke coming yeah. out. And even the the old guys that I was doing it in front of on a trail project are like, oh, damn, dude, you you actually, if you would spent a little bit more time on that, you would have got it. That's so cool. But I can, I've tried to do it with the bow. I've never mm-hmm. been success as successful with the bow, but always with my hands. Yeah. Lighter, uh, lighter is a good way to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you need you need a soft wood for your drill, and you need a hard wood for your fireboard. Fireboard, okay. Yeah, I just got this uh, little magnesium fire starter, and like the the bar, mm-hmm. those are nice. Those actually are really cool. And I I didn't realize you you shave off chunks of yeah. magnesium, put it in a little quarter size space, yeah. and then try and spark some shit onto that. So I got a good one for you. Don't buy fire starters anymore. Okay. Like, like buy your flint. Cool. Right. And even if you have the magnesium bar, that's all contained. So mm-hmm. you do it just so you can, you have it if you need it. But um, just before I came over here, my hands are kind of greasy because I was making my own fire starters for this trip. But you take petroleum jelly and cotton ball. Oh. And you just take a little scoop of the petroleum jelly out and you work it into the cotton ball. Really? And then you just put it in a little plastic bag and you save it. But when you're ready to to I use mean, petroleum it, petroleum makes sense. Yeah, when you're ready to use it, you just take the cotton ball and you kind of fluff it a little bit so it catches the spark a little bit easier. And depending on how much jelly you work into it, I mean, I've I've made these fire starters that burn for two minutes, and it puts off a flame like that tall. Damn. And yeah, and it's it's super cheap. Like you just go buy some Vaseline from Walmart and mm-hmm. a bag of cotton balls. The whole thing probably costs you maybe ten bucks tops, and then. I've go. had the same, well, I recently bought, today I bought a new bag of cotton balls because I couldn't find my old bag, but I've had the same can of Vaseline for like Hasn't probably everyone, 10 years. There's always a dirty fucking grubby jar of Vaseline in someone's house. It's always like the family one. That's yeah. how it was. I've for, never rubbed off with it though. It's solely for making yeah, fire starter. I feel like that's like a weird uh, stereotype that is definitely false. I don't think anyone's jacking off with the fucking petroleum jelly. Uh, it's messy. Yeah. 
um, the jelly or your jelly? Um, both. <laughs> the uh, it's, I feel like it's like that with a Vicks va- vapor rub. I only remember having one of those. Oh, like, yeah. like my whole life growing up. I mean, it's like you, just you use like it once a year when bit. you're sick. Yeah. It's the same old dirty ass jars. <laughs> but yeah, for real though, I once somebody told me that actually Jason Morris told me about the making the fire starters and um, now that the fire ban is over and you can actually have campfires in the, in the wilderness again, um, for this project I'm going on tomorrow, instead of taking a gas stove, mm-hmm. I have this little tiny wood burner oh, yeah. camp stove yeah. called, made by Tokes, T-O-A-K-S. Okay. Uh, but it's titanium. It weighs titanium like seven oaks, ounces. Like T- Tokes. But titanium oaks. Tokes. Oh yeah. I think that's some wordplay in there. I love wordplay. I don't know. I'm always looking for something that's not there. Well, it is. I mean, I use a lot of oak in it. I mean, that's the best. Yeah, that makes it a burns lot of sense. hottest, and and it's like when it's set up, it's I don't know nine, seven, eight inches tall, um, and I just have my water can that I put on top of that to boil with. Um, okay. But it means I don't have to carry a can of fuel around. That's really cool because that's a lot of weight. Yeah, and then I just pick up, and it takes a lot of space in your backpack. I'd imagine, and I, I just mean, pick up little sticks and twigs and shit, and make sure that I hide them underneath, like. Uh, my tent or whatever just keep so it, keep them dry um or i just so if especially now after this last weather season that we had last year there's a lot of trees that are probably going to be down where we're at mm. and so i'll just take a lopper and i'll just cut a old branch off of a tree and have that next to my camp and then i just pick little sticks uh yeah. pick little sticks and twigs off of it and that's what i'll use for uh, for boiling my water for whatever meal that is. Yeah. What do you eat when you're out there? That's because you're out there for a few days. You got to be starving at some point. Uh, I actually pack way more food than I ever need. Well, that's good. Yeah. Cause I don't want to be hungry. I, I have I packed, I have packed a little bit less than I should have it a couple of times. And I'm just like, mm, yeah, you guys, too uh, close of a call. Let's not do that. Yeah. And I don't ever feel like I'm in a danger or anything, but I'm just like, the wild animals start looking real good to me. <laughs> but I, I remember telling um, my trail crew, I was just like, yeah, I know you guys probably don't want me to, but if I see a good sized snake, I'm eating it. Really? Yeah. That's so cool. I'd fucking eat a snake with you, bud. I think I even brought a rattlesnake to down hour practice too that I barbecued. Oh, really? Hell yeah. yeah. Damn. <laughs> I want... <laughs> oh, no, I don't think I ever caught a down hour show. I was probably just too young. Yeah, we, we did a lot of shows at Alberto's Pizza, which is, yeah. I think, now Sassafras on V Street. Mm-hmm. God, I was... A lot of debauchery there. I showed up right as they closed. That's oh, when yeah. I started going to shows. That was a, Those were good days. Alberto's Pizza days those were, were good days. The, it seemed to be the glory days of a lot of good yeah. uh, bands came through that are now pretty big. I think Cattle Decapitation was a big one. I, I remember seeing them. Um, I think even... No, as Blood Runs Black played... At uh, Motions in Santa Maria with oh, Parley. Back oh, in the yeah, day. yeah. Damn. No, it wasn't even Parley. It was Gitaya. I don't even know. It was that so, pre-Parley? That was pre-Parley, I Parley yeah. was the first name. No, That's it, so it was pre-Parley. I, I I don't remember all of the members in Gitaya, but I remember like in high school, Gitaya played Battle of the Bands at Cabrillo. That's so cool. That's so long ago. And then Parley Jeez. came after that. And it was more... Zach Biggs was in Parley, right? Both. I think yeah. he was in both bands. Okay. I've um, seen as many bands live with him in them as he's been in bands, for sure. Like, I've seen three, four, or five bands with Zach Biggs. In. Yeah, Zach Biggs is a legend. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Local fucking legend. Yeah. Dude is rad. He, I saw he watched my, like, f- 
Facebook story yesterday. And I was like, oh, shit, You're like, still out yeah. there. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I used to live around the corner or like across the street from him at some point in time, like many years ago. Not that not that many years ago, but I used to live on Hickory. Okay. And uh, I, th- I saw him going in and out of a house. Like, this sounds weird, but from my shower window, because it's just like, yeah. you're in your shower, you're just looking out the window. You know, so you're just seeing stuff. Not get not. You're, no one's putting their phones in there yet. Yeah, you know, I just saw. I just happened to see Zach Biggs, and I was like, "Is that fucking Zach Biggs?" And it was. I mean, shit. How many times are you in the shower and you peek out, and once in a while you just might see a naked neighbor? Bring it on. Gotta let the shower. Uh... I mean, the house next door to me that looked uh, that that window looked out to was abandoned. <laughs> For a while, actually, somebody did purchase some that property. Naked and they, hobo, yeah. Maybe. There, dude, there was a point in time—not a naked hobo, but some chick was like trying to sleep in the like sunroom porch in this mm-hmm. house, and I didn't really care because, yeah. like, yeah, everybody needs a place to sleep. Until I saw the trash piling up. Oh yeah, and that's when my roommate—you were like Captain Planet—and fucking kicked her ass out of there. What? Yeah, like I, dude, if people are homeless whatever like if they got to go live in the riverbed fine cool but there's so much there's so there's such a better way to live outside than the way that they do yeah isn't that crazy how um homeless people like they have to do all that shit out of necessity and then there's people who are like oh, i'm gonna go outside go on vacation yeah just gonna go walk about on the ground and yeah. camp and i'm gonna clean all this up see how much better i am at living outdoors than you trash people are <laughs> well there's there's there was that homeless encampment that was in those eucalyptus trees on 12th street like going out of town on the on the one. Oh, really for okay. a little while and there's yeah, still right. there's still a eucalyptus lean-to that's there so somebody's still living there but hmm. you don't notice it because it's a fucking lean-to made out of sticks what is a lean to? It's it like you leans you, to the left or right or either way. But it's like you you take a, a long log and you place it on another mm-hmm. log, oh. and then you just put you know branches Slaps and stuff oh, yeah, over the side. Oh, okay. So yeah. it's basically just like a an A frame. Yeah, makes sense. Um, but that's the only one that hasn't been ha- hassled out of there is because it's not just trash. Wow. And if if more people, if more homeless people built their shelters that way instead of like stealing uh, scraps and shit from around town and then bringing that into the riverbed where it gets washed out into the ocean every year, yeah. Personally, I wouldn't have as much of a problem with it. Yeah, but I mean, you know, like especially last year, all that stuff that people were building closer to the river is in the ocean yeah it's disgusting dude. yeah and after that, that big rain a uh, year before this last year yeah it was trash everywhere yeah it was insane all the shit you were finding like on the beach i was like what's going on like what's in the ocean what's in this riverbed it took me so long to realize like oh this is just like all people's shit yeah from their encampments and i'm not sure if you are aware of this but like the the ocean at surf beach and at ocean park that's all an ecological, like, marine reserve. Yeah, I am. I, I, I enjoy bird watching out there. Yeah, it's a great place to bird I watch. I hate birds, but I enjoy bird watching. <laughs> like, like scrub jays, I will, I can kill one of them without feeling anything. Sure. I, those birds can They're kind of go pests. fuck themselves. 
Yeah, they I gotta kill. fight the scrub jays for my plums every year in my Dude, backyard. Yeah, they steal fruit, they fucking hurt other birds, and they kill other like I mean, all birds are predatory to other birds, yeah. but they're just the worst. And they're the most annoying bird they're in the brain. world. And just Dude, squawk. There's this one when I lived in Los they're Alamos. They're like the cockatoo of the wild birds. <clears throat> Dude, there's this one used to wake me up at fucking like six AM <laughs> every day squawking. It was when I lived in Los Alamos at my ex's place. And one day she was like at work or at the gym at like she left at like 4 a.m. And she used to always like stop me from going to shoot the bird. I had that CO2 pistol, that little fucking CO2 pistol before the chicken, man. And one day she was like gone. And I woke up. I think she was house sitting at her friend's house. Yeah. I was just at the place. And I opened that window. It was squawking and just got it. I hope she hears this right now, but there's no way she listens <laughs> to this podcast anymore. I fucking shot that god. Damn scrub jay, that stupid wannabe blue jay, loudmouth piece of shit bird is dead and feathers everywhere in the Did front. Did it uh, solve your problem? Yes. <laughs> so much yes. They're, they didn't fucking wake me up yeah. like that ever again. Magpies are pretty annoying like that too. God, is that not a fictional bird? Magpies are around here? Yeah. Jesus. Usually around water. Oh. Um, dude, the magpies in Canada are fucking huge. Dude, you went to Canada for the first time, huh? In October, yeah. That's cool. Be- most beautiful place I've ever been in my life, honestly. Yeah, yeah. It's a su- it sucks that it's like a communist wasteland now. Yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah. But people so still have beauty. guns out there. They just you just oh, can't buy new ones or or transfer them. But they're actually on our way to a winery in in British Columbia. I, I'm we uh, go ahead. there is that's all right. There is this property that said something about like. Fuck Justin Trudeau. You're not taking my guns. I'm mm-hmm. still going to have them or something like that. Yeah. I'm like, all well, right. I know it's so funny. It's like how California is a blue state, but it's just the coast is the blue part. And then you oh, go, yeah, you yeah. go, you go an hour all in rural areas. Yeah. Then it's all Trump 2024 yeah. and signs everywhere. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's a very odd, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? coexistence yeah 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 not even really a coexistence nope (laughs) those people are not coexisting with each other (laughs) no but i think the the most egregious thing uh to me about like canadian policy is the the news censorship now and they're no right oh yeah they don't have like a free speech yeah did you hear that I, i think it was a psychologist or something like that who made a comment and i don't know exactly can't remember exactly what happened but he made a comment about something about Justin Trudeau's um, policy mm. over Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or something like that. And then he got a letter very soon after saying that he was required to go to social media, like re-education, re-education or, yeah. or the board of psychology was threatening to take his license away. Yeah. It was, it was Dr. Jordan B. Peterson. And yeah. it was, I don't know how that man and his family are still in Canada. I would have fled the yeah, fucking country left. so long ago. You know, it's crazy that they, I, I they're so against. I'm a, I'm a fucking nerd for him. They're also so against people from the United States coming to moving, going to move to Canada too. Yeah. Don't want us bringing all our uh, freedom mentality up there. Yeah. Yeah. When we went through the Canadian border um, on the way in, um, we're, we're driving the RV and they asked us a, a few questions like any fruits or vegetables or something like that. Um, and then asked us if we were planning on moving here. And we said, no, we're just here for vacation. And then he asked us if, uh, what we did for work. And I told him what I did, 
which was like working, working for the business and then also working in the national forest. Um, asked Taylor what she did for a living, asked if we owned a house, asked if we had roommates, asked if our business had employees, asked if our employees are working right now, asked if all of our stuff is still at our house. Holy shit. Yeah. And was trying very hard to make sure that we weren't living there. And then this is the funny question too. They were like, uh, he was like, okay. And then I just have to ask this one other question. You know, there's no wrong answer. Um, feel free to answer as truthfully as you can. Again, no wrong answer, but do you have any guns? And we're like, no. And we didn't. We didn't bring any because. I was going to say, that's a tricky one. I would yeah, be. Yeah, it's be, not worth I, it. I would be. Right. I, that's where I would go is like, hmm, it's not worth it. Yeah. But also I'd be very anxious to travel without one too. Well, we had a good kind of bear mace, mm-hmm. uh, but that's only because we had heard like three days before we made it to Banff that a couple who was tent camping and I think in a wilderness area in Banff got just ravaged her, the man, the woman and their dog were killed by a grizzly bear. That's a beautiful way to go out. You know, the scary thing though, is that both of, both of them had bear mace cans on them and both of them were empty when they found their bodies. So they tried. I I heard bear mace don't do fucking shit. Um, I'll tell you what bear mace does work on though. Hobos jacking off in the street. Did you see that video of that guy getting maced to his dick and face? Uh, here in Lompoc? No, oh. I would. I, oh, I would have fucking ran up and done it myself. I, I'm seriously going to go buy some bear mace. So I mean, it's a good thing to have. Uh, technically speaking, though, you should get human mace, like like self-defense spray f- mm-hmm. that was made for humans because yeah. bear mace is not as strong as human mace why the fuck aren't we macing bears with human mace then if it's stronger that's the dumbest why'd you have a can of bear mace you know this well because it's for bears yeah yeah does the bear know that i don't know i don't think he does i think it's a human can most of the time it does work but also bear mace is a bigger can Uh, yeah i know it's like unless you get like like a riot yeah unless you get like a riot police can of mace which in that case you probably can't even own in california Hmm. there's i know a lot of things you can't own in California. Yeah, like fucking mace balls. Mace balls. Yeah, like um, so like the, pepper balls. Yeah, pepper balls. So you, there are projectiles that right. Oh, okay. you can't have those in California unless you're law enforcement. Have you heard of the Berna? I think it's Berna or Berna. It's a CO two powered self defense pistol. I have. I've seen that. Um, and it shoots mace balls. Yeah, it's really. Pretty you can get those. You can get the gun in California, but you can't get the mace balls. So they give you like these hard plastic rounds that you fire out of it instead. Yeah, it's pretty dope. It, I mean, and, I mean, and it, it's pretty powerful. A friend of mine shot one at my archery target, mm-hmm. and this particular target, you have to like, it's it's an effort pulling mm, the yeah. arrows out of. Yeah, and I, it I, left I, a dent. I have a compound, but I have one of those little B whatever. Yeah, ones. Do, do you um? You have a place in town you shoot at your uh, bow at? No, not oh, okay. in town. Anytime I do go, it's when I'm like out camping, mm. usually at yeah. a, like a, this big group site that we like to t- that we like to camp at. Oh. Um, I'm not sure if you're even allowed to do that, but it's a the, site for like 60 people, oh, and we are the only ones there. We pay a lot cool. of money for it. Oh, for, like pay the group campsite. It's really not that much. It's like 125 bucks a day. Mm. And then we can bring as many people as we want and not really have to worry about it because I don't know 60 people that want to go camping. No. Is it up by Fig? It's in uh, Paradise, Paradise Road. Oh, and that's um, 154 area. Yeah, so yeah, it's okay. it's that area is I, called the Middle San Inez Recreation Area, but we take we go to the Sage Hill group site. Okay, I, I my friend was hunting up there recently. Okay. I was like, where, where the hell are you, man? It looked so cool. 
Yeah, it's I a beautiful like, area. It, if you've never been, view, I've never been. I'm really, like I said, I'm so excited to explore more wilderness, and I'm just yearning for it, man. It is just leaping out of me. I'm ready. So, yeah, the reason why I bought my Tacoma is so I could drive out of Upper Oso Campground because there's a a road out there called Buckhorn Road, mm. and you can technically get to Cuyama. Uh, on that road. Yeah, it's crazy the the routes that you can connect back right. there. Right, now you probably couldn't yeah, because it's damaged. Little uh, little flood damage, maybe yeah. a little rain damage or some... Somebody sent me a picture of um, the creek bed that's over by Bluff Station. And uh, that's like 21 miles back off of that road. Oh, wow. And um, the river, the creek was in the road. <laughs> Yeah. The road was the creek. The creek was the road. Yeah. Jesus. And I sent that to my boss and then he sent that to a bunch of other people. And it, um, the guy that sent it to me would probably be really proud that that photo circulated yeah. throughout the trail community. Hell yeah. <laughs> There's uh, You were mentioning something um, that made me think about, I cannot remember this guy's name for the life of me right now, but um, he was on a Rogan's podcast and he's from Santa Barbara and he helped like, something to do with the post damage effects of pot grows. Mm. I can't remember his name, but I thought maybe you would have some know. sort of, if I looked it up, I'd, I don't even know how I'd find it. I may have listened to that podcast. Right, but right. But he has a kid, fucking thousand, yeah. 2000. I can never keep track of everyone's name. Also, can I, I oh, use the bathroom? Time, perfect time. Yeah. I was just going to say. <sighs> Anyways, um, where are we? You were talking about the guy on Joe Rogan who is yeah, um, I can't think of from Santa name. Barbara who helped to clean up the pot grows or something. Yeah, he, I mean, that's the connection I had is he had mentioned it when he was, he's been on there a couple times, um, nature conservationist, something, something adjacent to what you might be familiar with. So I was really trying to... Yeah, and I'm not, I wasn't like super, I haven't done any, I haven't like gone out to a grow site and no, of packed course, anything of up. But but I thought maybe you'd like even listen to it and it would be familiar. So I was like, yes, something, something yeah, to I provide I can't, conversation. I can't remember. I do like listening to Joe Rogan's podcast about, more recently, I listened to um, that one, I think he's a doctor, but he said, do 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 the words, the mushroom as oh, a hat on his head. It's yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah hearing I that love, guy talk I about love that guy. like the psilocybin concept is super fascinating. It is. It's, it takes me a couple, like I'm really hesitant because I've been listening to that fucking show since for a, eight or nine years now. And yeah. it is just. Like I can hear one conversation starting and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. I know where this is going to end up. Um, I, I like listening to the comics, the hunters and some the outdoor relevant people. And hopefully some, there's like some uh, good like health people or like some fitness people. That always gets me real like oh, amped up. I think up. Paul Saladino did a, a, oh, yeah. a thing on uh, Joe Rogan's too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's He's been on a couple of times, I think. Um, I'm a big fan. His book really helped uh, enlighten me uh, to a lot of things that I currently still do. What is it? Carnivore Code. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, on the way over here, I'm thinking, I'm looking at this and I'm just thinking of Paul Saladino talking about like the dyes and shit that people consume. You know what? I, I'm, I never paid any attention or gave it any credence to the, uh, 
dyes that they use, like red dye number 40 and all this shit in food. Oh, yeah. He's causing, red 40 here. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, um, you know, like didn't, didn't take it seriously, but I realized how much of the processed candy food, the... Um, Has it's in so much stuff. Yeah. Well, just the amount of garbage I ate growing up because like I had a very uh, free household if uh, you catch my drift. So it was, there wasn't a lot of restrictions on what anyone was doing. And it um, was a latchkey kid for sure. So I had fucking soda and candy anytime I wanted all the time. It's, it's an amazement. Yeah, I'm not some fat fuck di- diabetic. Yeah, nightmare. dude, my dad had a, well, he still has it, but he had a soda machine when I was growing up. Oh, it dude, was like the skybox. That would have been my dream as a kid. <laughs> I loved soda. Like I had a soda every single fucking day, if not multiple, nothing better. And life. it wasn't like the ones where you got to like put money into, it, it had four slots and four buttons. You just walked up to it and hit the button. Oh my God. It was about the size of a mini fridge. Nothing cooler than that. It was pretty cool. He still has it. And I, the mechanics of the dispenser still works, but the the uh, refrigerator compressor doesn't work anymore. Yeah. And it's just not something that he feels that strongly about fixing. Yeah. So he just has it. Hey man, if drinks. it was a beer dispenser now, then I'd be going well, to fix that shit he, too. He did put beer in there. Hell like you yeah. could put cans or bottles into it and it didn't matter. It just Let's do this shit, man. <laughs> yeah. I wish Home Depot still sold those, still sold those. It was called the Skybox. The Skybox. Yeah. That's and you cool. could, uh, it came with like the, the more common, uh, soda labels like Coca-Cola, Sprite. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it even had Cactus Cooler, Dr. Pepper, Mug oh, Root Beer. The OGs. Yeah. Mug root beer, root beer can go fuck itself. I like Barks. I like Barks better too. Yeah. I even like dad's old-fashioned root beer better. Yeah. The reason I like Barks is it's probably the only bar, um, root beer with caffeine. Oh, really? Yeah. A lot of the other root beers are non-caffeinated. And to me, that was a big part of why I liked soda. Yeah. It was like the fucking... <laughs> bouncing all over the walls <laughs> but yeah the red dyes all the processed things um i think it was a heavy contributor to um me being poor like having poor performance in school kind of like developing adhd as i grew up like the older i got the worse it got right it was from all these processed food because a lot of people um relate those kinds of dietary intake to those um, what do they call them? Can't even, I can't even think of the word right like now. Brain fog and stuff. Yeah, brain fog. Just like uh, being unable to focus. Just those kind of diagnosis, you know. Mm. And I'm curious what the uh, rampant autism is too. I wonder. Yeah, because it's uh, ever so prevalent everywhere you look now, and it's there's people that <laughs> that are like, hmm, are you sure? <laughs> like people are just, oh, I haven't always been autistic in one way or another. Now we're just categorizing them, which is funny, but no, there's a lot more. And I think that the like pharmaceutical industry and our um, food industry is just poisoning us. Dude. Yeah, for sure. Um, if, if there's things in Europe, like I'm pretty sure red, red 40 illegal. is illegal. In that's Europe. what, that's what I was saying. It's so crazy about the carbofuron being fucking illegal here because yeah. like we just let all kinds of shit fly that is actively killing and poisoning and sickening people that is just in food. I mean, and that shit is fucking gnarly, the carbofuron stuff. And a lot of times you'll see it in like Gatorade bottles mm-hmm. and repurposed yeah, drink repurposed, bottles. Of course. 
Um, but yeah, if you see, if you're ever walking around in the forest and you see a uh, Gatorade bottle with with Pink what appears white. to be uh, Pepto Bismol hanging up in a tree, uh, you should probably avoid that area. Mm. And like yeah, do they have like almost warning signs in a way? No, but I mean that is one unintentionally. But mm-hmm. a lot of times the 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 growers will hang the carbofuron bottles away from the grow site because if they get busted there um, with it with the carbofuron, it's an enhancement charge. Yo, that's crazy. And I think that's it's like how, an extra ten years. Same thing it, with guns. Oh, that's if they have guns on the site too, then it's an enhancement charge as well. Yeah, my uh, a friend of mine, her dad was at a he had a grow operation of his own, and someone had come on to the property and trespassed and like attacked him, and he had to shoot and kill him. Damn! And this was before weed was like legal. This was like a whole fiasco. But was it on his property? It was on his property. So like that whole model of self defense probably just went right out the window then. Because of the just because of the weed, maybe. I mean, he's a that's free just me man being around, a little so. bit of a pessimist and just right. thinking that the the DA is going to throw as much as he can at you because <laughs> you had guns next to weed. Maybe. I know. I wonder what the I, I this this fucking this fucking state's all bass backwards, man. Yeah, even the cops were like, you can learn the laws, but don't ever try to understand them. Yeah, they're they're the the interpretation of the ruling class. Yeah, the, the political elite, the DA, the everything that is funding what. But honestly, holds the power. It makes me want to vote more because, yeah. like, they, oh, I vote my tits off now. Yeah, and like with the problems that we have in California, especially. Um, I mean, I guess the the homeless problem with Governor Newsom shutting down the the uh, mental institutions. He kind of did that on his own because it was a state of emergency and he he was trying to cut down on the costs of prisons and stuff like that. So he just kind of lowered the reason or made it harder for people to be put into prisons and creating a law that stated a police officer couldn't 5150 somebody and hold them against their will as a 5150 um, they could not do anymore. But that's going to change in July. Really? Yeah. That's one thing that I'm that I am happy about Governor Newsom doing is changing that law because now a police officer can hold somebody under a 5150 and get them psychiatric help or at least put them in a in an institution. Yeah, I mean, shit. Apparently Reagan uh, did a lot of this in the 1980s and closed a lot of mental institutions and a lot of requirements that otherwise would put you in a mental institution if you had these difficulties and it made the home because like homeless people just used to be like just like some losers maybe some junkies some alcoholics people would just you know now you got like zombies walking around yeah now they're fucking like with the most insane no pun intended mental illness i've ever seen walking around everywhere constantly do you remember that guy sarge uh, with the hat and yeah. the dog. Yeah. yeah, of course. So that guy never bothered anybody. Like nope, I never even, I never saw him panhandling. I never saw him like lugging a thing of garbage around. I think he just chose mm-hmm. that lifestyle and it worked for him. Um, there's uh, Dave was one of them. I'm not sure I knew, about Dave. I, right. But I, I, he was a homeless guy and he was very normal. There was nothing. He had no affliction, just you yeah. know, down on his luck older guy couldn't work didn't have the resources or the family to 
keep him. So just, it, you don't see those kind. I used to have f- homeless people that were friends. I used to be befriend homeless people that right. I knew because I'd be walking around all the time and be like, hey, Dave, it's you know, the guy. exactly. And you're just social with them. But now it's stay the hell away from me. I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Taylor had a pair of scissors drawn on her one time because she stepped in between this guy's stroller full of beer while she was going up to our, our old training studio location. That's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And that, that shopping center used to be pretty bad. Um, I mean, it's still, you get some nefarious characters that are hanging around. Yeah. Old Gemini. Yeah. But, uh, I hate like saying this, but I've, spent a lot of my extra time shooing those people away. Yeah. And mostly now it's just, I have a camera set up in the back where they'd always try to sit in camp and hang out. And I just set an alarm off and they, when I see people going Fair. and just sitting underneath the staircase or something. Yeah. It's, it's not a place to loiter. There's, no, a, reason, and there's, there's, there's a reason why society established these things long ago and yeah. why cities and societies were nice places to live long ago because don't tolerate that kind of shit. Yeah. And, and like that's setting a boundary uh, for your personal commerce and your livelihood and the community you want to live in and represent. And yeah. people can be all up in arms and bitch all they want, but you know, you want someone to get that person out of your fucking yeah, dumpsters. Being against homeless people is never uh, a positive, a positive right, yeah. angle. Yeah. Like I was just trying to identify somebody over Facebook once Mm. and I was just like, yeah, if you know this person, let them know that I'm building a case against him to get him trespassed from the property. Mm -hmm. Everybody fucking diarrhea on me. Ridiculous. I found this really cool page. I don't know how I came upon it, but there's a Facebook group um, just basically pointing out all of the... Is it things need to change in Lompoc? Yeah, I think that's the one. Yeah, Yeah, all the problematic... uh, Homeless people are, are transients. Yeah. I feel like that type of group is so necessary, but the person running that is just a little kooky. A little kooky. Yeah. yeah. I feel like people who start groups like that are usually a little kooky. Yeah. But it, it it's the, gotta be a solution based thing instead of just a finger pointing. Right. Hearts in the right place, head might be up your ass. Right. hmm I like the uh being so anti homeless people because I don't want them to be homeless. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, you don't want to wish that upon anybody. Fuck Some no. of them actually don't want to be helped, though. Yeah, like that's I've, fine. I've Just... given so many people the um, phone number to uh, CityNet, which is uh, an organization that I, I believe still works with PD. Okay. Um, and they will have people go out and try to offer um, shelter, mm. uh, drug assistance programs, and um, maybe even like... Um, psychiatric assistance too, but they have to want it. Yeah. And some people just don't want any help. It's wild. I know people who are not homeless that don't want help. And it's fucking ridiculous. I mean, and and, in that aspect too, though, I mean, if you're out of your mind, how do you know you're out of your mind? It's true. Unless you're just constantly dealing with problems because of it. I like to think that if I have enough people around me telling me and treating me like I'm fucking crazy that... I'd notice and go, I might be crazy. Yeah. I might be a little, losing it a little. But if you're crazy, you might have that, you might not have that self-awareness. That's true. I wonder when self-awareness goes out the window. I think people who are addicted to meth just don't have that. Yeah. I mean, there's one person that I see all the time. I see him less, um, but 
I'd see him passing by the store all, all hours of the night, um, on video or just when I'm there, but he's like swinging his arm back and forth and just muttering to himself. He's not saying anything, but he's just having this intense argument with nobody. I want to know what it's like inside his head. And I want to have like a VR experience of what they could possibly be going through because it is such an anomaly to me. Yeah. Meth is a hell of a drug. I've heard incredible things about it. Not positive things, but just incredible in like the stratospherical euphoria and addiction. It it fucking changes a person. Yeah. There was a podcast called the Mormon and the meth head. And it was about this uh, guy who used to be Mormon grew up in the Mormon church. And then a woman who used to be a meth head grew up and was addicted to meth. And she actually did this great podcast, uh, Ari Shafir's skeptic tank. And she went down all the, uh, deep, dark crevices of what it's like to be on a meth binge and literally drinking her own piss because it had the purest form of meth in it to get out of, get that meth high back. I've heard of something similar. I don't know where, who told me this. It may have been somebody that I knew that went to jail for a little while, but he was telling me that, um, Somebody was telling him that the guy and his girlfriend were severely addicted to meth and that they would smoke meth and then fuck to the point where they're like sweating like crazy. And then they'd lick all of the sweat off of each other just to get high on meth again. That's wild. Yeah, that's gnarly. That's pretty fucking gnarly. That's fucking desperate. Badass. No wonder these people are fucking... Can you imagine the drugs so good? You're like, hey... I think we got to fuck, but only so I get your sweat so I can get more of this fucking drug. That's crazy. Imagine seeing like a bead of sweat and be like, hold on, hold on. Yeah. And like licking it off of their forehead. I mean, I do that anyway, but it just doesn't give me, get me any high, you know? (laughs) Just um, oxytocin. Yeah. Hey, and that shit's almost, that oxytocin is addicting too. Just the, uh, the, the love hormone in your brain. The love drug. Yeah. Essentially. <clears throat> oh my God. So when you're going through a breakup and you're just like fucking depressed and bummed out, that's an oxytocin withdrawal. Yeah. I, uh, that's really interesting how that happens. I went through a breakup, uh, December, 2022. Okay. And I was very depressed and it was very strange because I hadn't felt this way in a long time. A very unfamiliar with depression. Yeah. Felt it when I was a teenager and then this breakup and that's pretty much the only time I really could identify it as, okay, I'm depressed. Yeah. This is depressing. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, like with what, bef- the relationship that I had before Taylor, it was, it was pretty unexpected. Like I was living with this person. Um, I was also doing the trail crew, which being on a trail crew full time is really straining on a relationship because you're imagine. always gone. Yeah. And I just remember coming home from Matillaha and I get to my house and my girlfriend at the time was like putting her stuff in her car mm. and said that she's just going through some stuff and she needs to uh, go spend a few days at her parents' house when I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Go like do your thing. But I mean, you just had space <laughs> with the last five days I was gone, but okay. Oh God. And then just sucks. radio silence for yeah. the next like two weeks. Maybe not two weeks, maybe like a, a whole week. But that put me in a fucking weird place because I was like, what is when, she doing? When you get ignored like that, it really is it, damaging. It, it's hurt, yeah. very hurtful. It made me almost feel like she was cheating on me. 
Yeah. I don't know if she did or not. I mean, when you're gone a lot and she needs companionship, it's not even necessarily, not even to fault her like, oh, what a whore. But I'm sure she was just like, she needed something to the point of yeah. preservation where it's like, you need that. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't giving the things that she needed. That sucks. And it just to be there is all she needed. That, and that companionship. Yeah. I mean, maybe. The only reason why I think I did get cheated on is because she went to, <clears throat> what was it? Um, that country festival. Oh in yeah. Paso. Oh, nope. Um, they the, do it every year. Um, it's a big country music festival. Mid state. Mid state fair. fair. Oh, is that, it's a country yeah. festival? I, I think so. I've never been. I didn't know it was a country festival. But there's a lot of country music that plays. I've seen, um, some metal bands there. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I don't, I probably, I've never Judas been, Priest, so I don't understand. played there. Yeah. No, yeah, it, I don't it, understand it's, it. To- it's totally. A state fair. Okay. It's a state fair. Well, I, I saw a, f- a photo of her outfit at mid state fair. And, and you were like, like cheeks are out, dude. And I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and and then not too long after that, like the following week is when she left. Yeah. But yeah, whatever. I mean, push to the if, brink of, or maybe she there was temptation, and then she was like, "Oh, I can't because I have this boyfriend." I mean, maybe where the fuck ever she very he quickly is. found a, another person though. Yeah, but well, I'll tell you what, I very quickly found another person after my breakup, and yeah. it was just the convenience factor the familiarity factor and then it is like oh i'm so withdrawn from oxytocin i don't have love and i have so much love to give and i just had been trying to give it for the last 10 years and now i have i have this cannon with nowhere to shoot it at that's not that was not supposed to that's not what i, <laughs> I mean, know what you mean but it's, exact, it's it, but it was still funny I mean. sounding but i, I have <laughs> this emotional supply yeah. um in excess and I, I i need to store it somewhere and yeah and i found another person and it was, it was very happy with the way it happened it was and you know things happen in your life for a reason i'm thankful that um my ex and i didn't work out because i would have never met taylor isn't that cool yeah how you how you can reflect and have that new perspective yeah and and taylor and i clash a lot but at the same time She's the only person that I've been with that can actually sit down and have, once the steam is blown off, you know, we've given each other a little bit of space. Mm -hmm. We'll we'll come back and talk and talk constructively and like hear each other out. I've never had that in a relationship and I I really value that in her and I'm thankful and and lucky to be with her. Are you dating a man then or... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I think just that just, kidding. some, some people might say that this just makes me the woman. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's funny. That makes sense. But also I think I'm very in tune with my feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, I can, ex- I can s- slowly explain why I'm upset, but I can also accept guilt or not, not guilt, but accept fault too, mm, yeah. which you, you I feel like accountability. Is, yeah. Which yeah. I feel like is hard for some people because yeah. they're and that, and stuck that's why in I why wouldn't. they're mad. And that's it. Mm, yeah. That's why I wouldn't call you the woman of a relationship. Yeah. I would just say I'm a communicator. Good. Maybe yeah. overly communicator sometimes, but oh, I, I, I think it. that's so important. It's hard to shut this fat mouth up, dude. I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. Um, finally, tell me about TaylorMade. Ah, TaylorMade. So... <clears throat> When I first met Taylor, she, this is kind of like a match made in heaven a little bit. So I built trails full time. She maintained the campgrounds in paradise. So she, she moved out there two weeks later we met. Um, and so she was the district lead of operations for 
uh, for PMC for the Santa Barbara Ranger District campgrounds. And this is not a forest service uh, company. This is just a, a private company that is a concessionaire for campgrounds. And so she took care of um, Paradise Camp, uh, Fremont Camp, Los Prietos Camp, Sage Hill Group Site, Naira, Davy Brown, and Figueroa Camp. Wow. That was all in her district. That's a fucking That's lot. a lot, yeah. And um, so, so we met. Um, there was some stuff that happened within the company that kind of was kind of making her a little bit nervous because they provide the location that you live at. So she had it, she lived in a, in a 31 foot trailer mm-hmm. and she had it parked at one of the campgrounds there. Uh, but COVID happened. She wasn't too certain of how long she was going to have the job. Plus there is some other drama that was going on. You know, somebody came back that was trying, trying to like do a coup d'etat of the company mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. And um, so Taylor and I ended up being somebody who had pretty much just met each other, um, decided to move in with each other, and we moved into the house that we're in now. Hmm. Um, then COVID happened like a month or two later, and she decided to just go ahead and, and leave PMC. Um, and <clears throat> she was a dog trainer already before uh, when she lived in Arizona, and she had a, a, a kind of like a side business there, but she decided to go for it here. Yeah. Uh, Cause there were, were no dog trainers except for maybe, maybe one, but he wasn't advertising a whole lot. This guy in town, Joe Bailey, and he's, he's a decent trainer from what I hear. Um, but anyway, that's beside the point. So she started the dog training company. She started doing, um, in-home lessons at the very beginning. She had people come over to our house with their dogs and she would do a lesson in their backyard. That's cool. Um, and then started going to their houses and going to different places around town. Like Beatty Park is a good dog training place. Mm. Um, and big wide open field, big wide open field. There's lots of distraction, people, other dogs, like wildlife, like squirrels and stuff. But also most important part is the space. Mm. Um, most of Taylor made clients are reactive cases. Mm. So their dogs bark at other people, mm-hmm. bark at other dogs, in some severe cases have a bite history. Mm. And um, and so I think that's what Lompoc needed. And it blew up because in 2020, everybody got a fucking dog. Yeah, because they're like, I don't, I'm home. Stuck at home. Yeah. But the problem is, is that everybody got a dog, but they couldn't go anywhere with their dog <laughs> because everything was closed. So it wasn't so socialized. It wasn't socialized. Yeah. So the first two or three years um, of this dog's life is, you know, the first year, the crucial year of this dog's life, it's been cooped up in a house, has never seen another person or another dog. That is so sad. Yeah. And it, it creates a very stressed dog. Um, so she started building her, her clientele. And then in 2021, um, I injured myself on the job, not very seriously, but we were scouting a, a trail in the Royal Grande area and this trail was like almost non-existent. So we were mm. just basically bushwhacking and ended up walking for about like 22 miles within a couple of days, mostly Man. the first day. I think the first day we maybe hiked, um, I want to say 18 miles Jeez. and with full pack carrying yeah. tools and everything. Yeah. And then we went up the Big Falls Trail, and my leg was already pretty sore at that point, my left leg. And by the time we got to the top of Big Falls Trail, 
and intersected with one of the the fire break roads that are up there, I couldn't like bend my knee forward or bend it backward. And Dustin was working with me on the crew at yeah. this point. Wow. So I, I, I stopped and I was like, you guys, I, I can't do this. Like if I continue on any farther, I don't know if I'll be able to continue to walk. So I mm-hmm. have to go now. Mm. And uh, Dustin went out with me and I just remember, I think it's like three, three and a half miles, but I fucking hobbled on a stick for that three and a half miles. Mm. It was terrible. Jesus, that and sounds fucking torture. It was terrible. Um, in like any amount of direction that I bent my knee, it just felt like a hot knife was going mm. into my tendon, was going into my knee. And I didn't know what was going on. I was like loading myself up with ibuprofen. It wasn't helping. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you probably use ibuprofen a lot. You get what's called, um, fuck, what's it called? It's vitamin uh, I. And said uh, re- reflex or a re, um, it actually is counterintuitive. It oh, it's will, like a tolerance. You build up a tolerance to it or something. It, no, it becomes inflammatory to take it. Oh, oh. So it is no longer doing what it's supposed to do and instead uh, worsening your conditions and symptoms. Oh, weird. And it's um it's not exclusive to NSAIDs, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, but um I learned about that having it myself um, Hmm. with my back injury. Oh, interesting. um, Over the last year or two. Well, maybe that could be a contributing factor. I don't, I try not to take it. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I I I have it in my first aid kit. Of course, of course. Because if there is a necessity and it's there and someone is injured, I think there is a utility and that's why we have it. Right, right. So yeah, I injured your knee, injured my knee. And it was just like a really bad strain in my IT band. Yeah. Um, suck, dude. (laughs) Yeah. And it, and I couldn't, after that, I couldn't hike, I couldn't walk for a quarter mile with any amount of weight without my knee locking up on me again. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I went to physical therapy. I was on workers comp for like four months. I I rested and relaxed and, um, because there was no light duty for my job. Yeah. It's like, I need to be able to hike. It's a heavy duty job. Yeah. And so, um, I went back after that, that four months, and then worked a few a few projects here and there in the forest. And then I hiked to where I'm going tomorrow. Yeah. And it happened again. Really? And then on, and that was like when I was at the Manzana Narrows. So when I was on my way back, my other knee started doing the same thing. Um, and so <laughs> I was just told Brian, I was just like, dude, Brian, my boss, I was like, I hate this. I'd hate to say this, but I, I, I can't. Like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I got to yeah. take a break. Um, so I started doing dog training Yeah, and I didn't know anything about dog training at the time until I met Taylor. Mm-hmm. She started, she taught so me she everything I know yeah, about dog training. That's cool. I was always cool with dogs. Like I could befriend dogs. I knew how to gain the trust of dogs, but I didn't know how to teach them anything. Oh yeah. Um, but I'm a fast learner and, and she told me that I had a, a natural ability. So I picked it up quick. And so I started doing board and trains at the house and just kind of learning and I'd, I'd, ask her if I ever had any, any issues, she'd help me through it. Um, and then I started doing private lessons in our training studio and then going to people's houses. And then it just practice, practice, practice. Cause I'm just working with dogs all day long every day. Yeah. Um, but I think now my favorite, my favorite training cases are behavioral. So like if yeah. I, I just need to be able to walk my dog on a leash without my dog freaking out at everything right. that they see. Right. 
And we don't do it. We don't use shock collars or anything. It's all just positive reinforcement Mm -hmm. balanced training. So Mm -hmm. if we need to amp up the use of a different tool, like a slip lead, instead of just using a a regular collar, Mm -hmm. we will. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we even have a a leash that we designed so that way you can use it as a slip lead Mm -hmm. or you can use it as a figure eight loop is what we call it. But it's just, it basically just puts it, no, it puts a loop over their nose. So if they pull forward, it's mostly for dogs that pull on leash a lot. So anytime they pull forward, it actually pulls their head down. And that's something you guys designed. I mean, people used it before, but we designed our own leash that we sell at the store for that purpose. I was going to say, I was like, it sounds familiar. I think I've seen something like that. That's really interesting. And people use the gentle leaders Mm -hmm. that like, it looks like a a horse. um, Reins. Reins, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I don't see as much success with that just because it clips down below the chin Hmm. versus being clipped versus like the... Uh, I guess the the control point is behind the dog's head mm-hmm. with our leash. Um, so it's when the dog pulls in front, pulls forward, it pulls their head down instead of like pulling their head to the side. That's super interesting. And it, it I kind of want to seems see more effective that, that way. How that works? That's a trip. Um, but yeah, and then we were thinking about um, moving to Bentonville, Arkansas, last year. Oh yeah, and. Um, for whatever reason, Taylor decided to to wait a little bit longer, and so she opened the retail shop. And that retail store was it's it'll be a year coming up here pretty soon. Um, what do you guys carry in the retail store? So we like to carry items that will complement what we already have in Lompoc. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to be able to compete with Limos and Petco. Mm-hmm. It's just a reality. We mm-hmm. don't have the kind of funds and resources to do that. So we carry enrichment items. So like puzzle feeders, not, not necessarily slow feeders, but we call it enrichment because we want the dogs to be able to think about how to get that food mm-hmm. and actually have to work for it a little bit. Cause when they get used to working for their regular meals, they're a little bit more willing to work for the treat that's in your hand when you're trying to teach them something. And they won't just bag and bitch and whine. Yeah. And then it takes them longer for them to eat their food. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, they get the mental stimulation that is absolutely necessary for dogs not just chewing on a stick or playing yeah. with another dog or playing fetch. Like they need to think about their problems and figure out how to get that out. Yeah. It's kind of like, so, you know, you can be put into uh, isolation <clears throat> and you'll lose your mind if you're Seriously. just staring at the wall and doing pushups constantly. Oh, man, so I, you'll feel, like, I feel for my brother's dog, my, it is our family dog, Remington, this guy just, it's the poor man, poor bud, poor man, poor dog. Yeah. He just <laughs> stuck in their mind all day, you know, just probably wants to go out for a walk and I don't live with him. So I can't just, you know, be that positive reinforcement in his life or pull him out. So, well, at the very least they can start feeding him out of one of these puzzle feeders mm-hmm. and they, they, we, ha- we carry puzzle feeders of different difficulties. So if, if the dog is just gives up too quickly, you can give them something that's a little bit easier. Yeah. Or like my dog is, is pretty smart and she'll like start, we have this one feeder that she has to actually push a button down and it dispenses food into a little slot that then she has to move uh, another piece of, uh, another object out of the way in order to get down to the cup of food. Damn, you guys are torturing these fucking dogs, aren't you? I mean, I think she, I think she likes it. <laughs> that's fine. But at no, the very that's least. really cool. I bet it stimulates a whole different yeah, part of They their, need that. That's, but we also that's carry chew toys too. Like dogs have a, diff- a number of needs that they need to be met. Mm-hmm. So they need that mental stimulation. They dogs like to chew. 
Um, dogs also like to just burn some energy out. So we have a treadmill that you can run your dog on also. Oh, cool. Um, and then we have a, a numerous um, different kinds of um, high value treats too, like beef liver. We even carry, uh, I think we need to order some more, but it's like a, a whole pig foot all the way up to the elbow. Badass. We carry duck heads, chicken heads. Really? Oh, yeah. Man. Even we, we even carry a local uh, treat maker. It's called Sustainable Pet Foods. Mm-hmm. It's this local guy, Jesse, um, and he makes treats uh, here in town. And he, there's a couple of locations that he has them at. He has them at our store. And then I know, um, this groomer, Erica Slicker, she carries his treats at her grooming at her, like, uh, I don't know if you call it a grooming salon, mm-hmm. but carries that at her shop. That's cool. And they, they smell good too. Like it's like yams and carrots. Mm, there you go. Do you know they make testosterone out of wild Mexican yams? I did not know that. Yeah. Not did to, not, not to, switch the entire wild topic. Mexican yams, right? Yeah. Versus like farmed. I don't know. I'm, I'd imagine they'd be farming them. I'd be farming up Mexican yams like a motherfucker trying to get some, yeah. some higher tea, but well, Paul Saladino says you can eat testicle and that'll give you a lot of Yeah, I'm not doing that actually. <laughs> I'm not actually going to do that. I will, uh, I'll go to the doctor before I eat some fucking bull <laughs> testicle or some yeah. shit. That's crazy. They also eat beef liver and I like the. I've kind of been wanting to try that, eating I, just beef liver. I would try it, but there ain't no way it's good enough that I'm just eating that shit for breakfast all the time. Dude, as a kid, I used to like liver and onions. Oh, I believe it. I'm sure if it's uh, introduced into your palate, like I was mentioning earlier, you mentioned you were doing a boil. Um, is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. Um, I Seafood was not introduced to my palate. So now mm. if I eat anything like that, it tastes like low tide smells. I oh, can't yeah. do it. I'm like, oh, it's, it's no, I my get whole it. body refuses it. It's I hilarious. used to, I used to not like oysters, but mm-hmm. I took this road trip in 2021 with Taylor. Uh, well, we did, we drove for two months around the United States and we camped <sighs> in our truck with our like dogs. A fucking dream. It was really cool. And at every, at every coastline I tried oysters. Mm-hmm. So like in the Gulf coast, I tried oysters there and the, it tastes like oil. Tastes like the Atlantic oil. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, I never really liked oysters. I was always curious about them. Okay. Um, but after that road trip, I actually do enjoy it. And I like, I'll eat the oyster raw and I'll eat it. I like chew it and mm-hmm. everything. And it tastes good to me. Pacific oysters are the best. Okay. In my th- opinion. Do you think there's, um, a lot of like connection emotionally and mentally with the trip you took with it? Maybe there's some sentimentality to it because I think to liking the oysters, Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe that was probably, that was a once in a lifetime opportunity that we, that we took. So, so it elevated the introduction of oysters to your palate. Probably. So probably found a new route to your brain. I also tried gator and, um, escargot too. Ooh, yuck. So good though. I'd rather try oysters. Um, And I didn't have to pick it out of a shell or anything. They presented it really well. It was at a nice restaurant and they brought it out in this stone that um, had holes in it. Yeah. And in each hole was like garlic butter with the the snail in it. They're like, here's all the shit you have to eat with this for it to be good. Yeah. I don't know if I would have liked it otherwise, but (laughs) they gave me, they gave me it that way. And I ate it um, just with a fork. And then I was like, damn, that's fucking good. And they gave me bread with it. So I like soaked up every yeah, bit of juice right. from each one of those holes oh, in the stone man. and ate it that I, way. I, I'd rather eat beef liver. I'd give those testicles a day in court before the fucking escargot. I think that that's one of those things for me too, where it's just a, 
I, I've never eaten. Branch. I've never eaten testicle either. Yeah, me neither. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not racing down to my local butcher. But if somebody like cooked it for me and gave me a piece of it, I'd try it. But I'm not going to be like, oh, let's go to the butcher shop and get some Is there Rocky Mountain oysters. Butcher shop anywhere near here? Um, I would say going to uh, Central Coast Specialty Foods over next to Tom's. Yeah. Although I'm Are not they sure still that closed? they're. I don't know. I heard that there is some... There's a fraud dispute with yeah. the owner with the three uh, other businesses. I don't know about... Homestead yeah. and um, Cups and Cunts, or Cups and Crumbs. I used to call it Cups, <laughs> cups and Cunts. And cunts. For, <laughs> I used to go there all the time and call it Cups and Cunts, and <laughs> just because I'm a piece of shit, not because I didn't like them. Oh, it's funny. It made me laugh. Yeah, it's good. That's all I'm trying to do sometimes. <laughs> man. But yeah, I don't know if they're still open, but I know they do carry... Not we. I wouldn't say weird shit, but they carry some uncommon stuff like I've seen frog legs yeah I was looking for some local honey for there too oh okay Um, I'm a huge fan I don't know if you know there's this guy that he used to be my teacher in high school David Schroeder no I don't I'm pretty sure he produces his own honey yeah you could probably find it I'd rather get it from bees though (laughs) (laughs) well he he used to he asked he offered to teach me how to beekeep in high school oh that's that's really cool I'm really fascinated Strictly from like a Sherlock Holmes sense, he has a uh, a beekeeping um, part of his life in the books. And I used to be a huge Sherlock Holmes fan, and for some reason, I just and I love honey, so beekeeping is kind I mean, of interesting. It's, a, it's the best kind of sugar. It is. I mean, that's where I get the most carbohydrates and sugar in my diet is from honey. Yeah. But yeah, either way, I mean. Um, TaylorMade is is what it is now, and just to bounce back onto that, yeah, I, please, remember, I know you're you wanted back. to talk about that, but but that was about I it. I mean, I, I tried to give Taylor as much as uh, my time as I could, mm-hmm. um, and I I enjoy being a dog trainer, but I also enjoy doing trail work more. So awesome. I'm going going back to it full time uh, starting this week, actually. And when are you back? Thursday, Friday. Um, I will be back in town Thursday, 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 probably Thursday evening. Got it. Okay. So we usually work the day, cut out half day, pack up our stuff and I've got a seven mile hike. Got it. So it's not too bad. No, not too bad, but it, it is difficult on the way in. Cause it's, it's it after steep incline after fish camp. It's not steep, but it's just consistent and consistent. Yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather go walk uphill than downhill for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm my. There's something to say about that, fan. but it's it's enough incline going downhill where it's not that bad. Cool. Yeah. All right. But it just it kind of tuckers you out every now and then. Um, I I hope we get to go camping sometime. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime. Um, show me how to eat a snake or something. Yeah, and if if you need backpacking gear, I got all of this stuff. I got dude, extra pack you, and dude, and we can always you. just share like the the cooking the cooking gear and stuff like that. I'll bring the guns then. We'll just go right out there. Yeah. Well, you can't target shoot in the National Forest. I anymore. know. I hate that. Isn't that ridiculous? It Why? is ridiculous. Um, so Los Padres Forest Watch is the organization that sued the Forest Service to ban that because they were, well, all around it's because of the condor, the lead. Because a, a hunter will shoot um, an animal, then he guts the animal the bullet gets left inside of the guts when the hunter leaves mm-hmm. it and they then eat they eat the guts. That. Yeah. Um, okay. but they also went and, uh, cleaned up a shooting range mm. 
of the bullets there and like this is what it looks like all around the forest and uh uh, there's probably more to it than that, <clears throat> but that's just me being a little bit cynical about the the whole situation. Well, it's unfortunate that the wildlife's affected by it. Yeah, and- yeah. But I mean, in that sense, it's good. You can still hunt. You just can't set up a target and shoot. You all also day long. can't hunt with lead based ammunition Correct. anymore. Yeah, it has to be a lead substitute. Yeah, which I don't even know what the fuck it. You can use steel is. shot or steel full, shot that's or right, full that's copper. Right. Um, and I have musket balls that are lead substitute. For muzzle loaders? Yeah. That's cool. I've never used it, but I have it. Hmm. I'm, I'm curious to try all kinds of styles of hunting. So I think a muzzle loading rifle would be the most like fair. Mm-hmm. If anybody was to argue that point, like, oh, you've got an unfair advantage. Right. Um, well, that's the benefit of being, um, top of the food chain, bitch. Yeah. But also, I don't know, you see some of these deer run away from you and they're going right up a cliff. Yeah, like that like, seems like a pretty good advantage to me. Pretty good and good advantage. Yeah. Also, I've seen some of my friends shoot. It's not that big of an advantage. Yeah, you definitely have to practice. <laughs> I mean, anybody who owns a gun should be proficient and comfortable shooting. Otherwise, it's dangerous. Yeah. I'm jealous of the people who have the the means to own nice firearms and are not using them because mine are like... Honda Civics of firearms, and they're just, they could be a little nicer. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, I'd like to get myself a, a nice rifle. Even if I don't use it for hunting, I, I would be, it would be super fun to get into like um, competition shooting. Yeah. It's fascinating. I'm really uh, eager to get a CZ pistol for that reason. They're really popular with all the competition sh- shooting. Yeah. Even for a while, I was getting into, uh, when I worked on that ranch back in yeah. the day, I would just shoot every day. Oh, it's so much fun. Yeah. And it's so much fun. I, I remember getting a hundred clay pigeons and I hit 98 of them. Damn. I would have fucking been so pissed if I didn't hit a hundred. If I hit 98, I would tell everyone I hit a hundred. If I hit 98, that'd be my secret. And that's, that's probably, um, I probably actually more like hit 90, but I, Mm-hmm. I hit most and they all I was broke, just like, <laughs> yeah, they all broke. But at that, that point I was just like, maybe I should go into competition. I think that would be really fun. Like trap and skeet. Oh yeah. It, the, um, trap shooting is the, probably the most fun I've had with a gun in, I don't know how long. Yeah. It's so much fun. So I was shooting with a Mossberg 500. Yeah. It's like a, a pump, uh, pump action, but I would love to get a Benelli. Oh, fucking fancy pants. <laughs> I know. Nah, just give me something American. I'll be okay. Oh, but they just look so good. They do. They're beautiful. The Benelli and Beretta shotguns are gorgeous. Browning makes a good shotgun that's semi-automatic too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, there's, I'm very unfamiliar with shotguns, so I'm, it's all... I see a lot of like like AR platform shotguns and then magazine-fed shotguns, and they have these bullpup shotguns where the magazine's in the back behind oh, the yeah. fucking... Oh, yeah, it's like a double A-12 or something. Grip. Yeah, and then just like, that is the ugliest thing I've ever seen. That's a fucking shotgun? Okay. That's a, that is a room-clearing shotgun. <laughs> like, yeah, that would be... You could do you could do really good shooting like eight targets with a trap and skeet. I don't know if that's how much the double A-12 holds, but... Uh, you don't need that for a trap and skeet. Yeah, was it five? Oh, it's five. It's probably it four. <laughs> I mean, the, the Mossberg that I was using, and this is because it has a California compliant plug in it, mm. but it's two in the res, one mm-hmm. in the chamber. Okay. But, I mean, I still have a blast yeah. shooting with that. Oh, hell yeah. 
And birdshot's so cheap. So, damn. Yeah. I'm going to have to go get some. Well, at some point, um, we, we should go shooting too. Or even just archery. I've got a target. I've got a compound bow. We can go. Dude, I would love that. I there's It's so therapeutic. Um, it's I think I might like archery more than shooting guns because yeah. of the state of mind it puts me Right. No, you got to be so zen. It's like paddling around in a kayak on a lake versus a jet boat. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a really good comparison. I like that analogy. Where do you get your arrows from? Um, I just bought those ones for myself as a little Christmas present from Dick's. Um, oh, okay. They're more affordable. They're not as I didn't even realize ex- Dick's Sporting Goods sold arrows. Yeah, they, that's. I got the compound bow there as well, actually. Um, I'm going to go check that out because I've if you're, fucked up all of my arrows. Oh, yeah. I Robin lost, Hooding them. I lost all of mine. Oh yeah, Robin I lost Hooding. a few of them. I'm not that well. I've I've definitely Robin Hooded one or two. It's not uncommon, but it's a not straight out and shot, just hitting them and splintering them too many in the target. I've but, done uh, two, but yeah. that breaks four arrows. Oh shit! It breaks <laughs> the arrow that you hit it with, and then plus the arrow that you shot into. Yeah, so I bought those, but those are just the fucking the st- sticks. The there's no heads on them. Oh. I'm like fuck! I gotta go buy the heads. Now. They don't they don't sell the the field tips there they i didn't know that they weren't coming oh. with them and i ordered them I was okay like, Bitchin'. and then now i gotta go get field tips <laughs> that kind of reminds me one time I, I bought a thousand nine millimeter yeah but it was just the projectile oh fuck <laughs> looks like i'm reloading now <laughs> looks like yeah, i'm yeah. making my own oh that's sucks. well i have i have a way to do that i just have to get the dies yeah for it Shit. which i don't i don't know i've never done it myself my dad does mm. he's done that all of his life so i'm pretty sure he could show me a thing or two well uh i think we're gonna be seeing a lot more of each other uh, yeah, in the so. future and i'm i'm really happy you did this and thank you for being so flexible moving it a couple days oh yeah no problem. understanding that was cool a lot of times people are like Thanks for having it in like the middle of the day instead of like early, early morning or super late evening. Cause I'm, yeah, I like I'm going to go back to fun too, packing up for my oh, okay. week. <laughs> right on. You, you bring a pistol out there. There's no way I would go out there. I do. One. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good man. I have a Kimber 1911. Oh, okay. Well, maybe you should get something that's not going to fucking jam and has more than eight shots. Never. It's never jammed. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard a good thing about them except they look pretty. It is a good looking gun. I've never shot one, so yeah. I'm just being an asshole. You do got to keep it clean though. Yeah. That is one thing. Well, that's why I like my Honda Civic guns where it's just looks like shit and it's going to run forever. <laughs> yeah. And I, I could probably get something that wasn't made of totally, completely out of metal, like have a little bit more of like a composite frame mm. and then it would be a little bit lighter. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's yeah. a heavy piece. But it's yeah. only a three, three and a half inch barrel, so it's it's small. That, oh, okay. So it's a what do they call? It? That's the government model. Or the, I don't I don't know about that. It's the compact. Uh, it's the yeah. They have a covert twos. The model. There's certain size frames for 1911s. There's the government officer and I think another one. But anyways, but it sh- shoots uh 45 ACP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Big ass fucking hefty bullet it is yeah and when i was working on the ranch i would shoot that every day that's and, cool and I, I got pretty good at it got pretty good at it damn dude i'd love to go shooting with you it'd be cool yeah it'd be even fun. if it's just pistols yeah that one day cool. i'd like to get a rifle too and, and uh go out with like nate or something yeah i oh dude more than welcome you know it so Do you, you go ever, out with him all the time oh yeah i think you went shouldn't. i saw you post it something like yesterday yeah did you he, go yesterday he, wa- he wasn't there that was from like a week or ago oh, okay. but um he, he wasn't there that time um 
yeah, no, you can always use some of our shit. But yeah, it looks so fucking fun. It's a blast. No pun intended. And I slapped down some cash for the ammunition because I know I can't buy it if I don't have it registered Gosh. into my... Fuck, I know. Isn't that so silly? So silly. Yeah. Now that's it's like expensive now too. 10% government tax now, the sin tax. <laughs> Dumb. Anyways. Well, yeah, dude, it's super fun. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for being here. It's and a, um, It's a great way to get to know somebody too. Absolutely. We'll get, we'll get Taylor on here. Tell me more about TaylorMade. Yeah. That'd be exciting. Yeah, she definitely has the passion for the dog training. Awesome. And uh, she'd be a great person to talk to about it. Wild man, Dan. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you.